language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we'd pay to see Triple X. Kerwin, why do we got the romance music on? This is a triple X movie, dog. Uh, ain't that kind of movie, bro. You sure? Uh, I'm positive. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to take over hosting duties today because I'm not sure you actually watched the right movie. <laughs> you know, I, I think I might have watched the better movie. Uh, no arguments there, uh, but I think we're going to get into that a little bit later. So today we are watching Triple X, released August 9th, 2002, starring Vin Diesel. Samuel L. Jackson, Asia Argento, and Martin Sokas, directed by Rob Cohen and distributed by Sony Pictures. And today on the panel, we got with us TJ. What's going on, TJ? Hi, I'm not used to being first. I'm so sorry I wasn't prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Hi, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. What are you drinking today? I am drinking a high noon vodka and soda, pineapple flavor. Delicious. Delicious. Next up, we got Jason. How you doing, Jason? Good, how are you, Jordan? I'm hanging in there, thank you. What are you drinking today? I got an 805 Cerveza. 805 Cervezas, I didn't even know they made those. They're delicious. Awesome, all right. Next up, we got Mugga. What's going on, Muggs? Yo. How you doing? Another day, another day. What you drinking? I ha- also have a pineapple flavored, but it's a seltzer, it's not a vodka, so the truly pineapple. Talk truly about. pineapple, yeah. nice. And then Kerwin is pouring a shot right now as you're talking. Fucking... I love that you guys, instead of using a cocktail mixer, used a... I can't, yeah, an actual protein water shaker. Bo- like, I could yeah, not protein yeah. My yeah. strainer. I don't know what happened to it. I, I, I also I also love one of the few times Kerwin's not hosting. He's drinking Fireball. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> that's an ingenuity right there, guys. Guys, it's it's my day off today. <laughs> well, as you heard, rounding out the panel, we got Kerwin. What's going on, Kerwin? Striking, man. Yeah. What did you just have? I just had a shot of Fireball. All right. You uh, chasing that with anything? No. He does have two seltzers, Bud Light, as well as a hydro flask of water. Well, this one's empty. Okay. Are we? was <laughs> doing some damage today. Uh, so I, uh, Jordan, what are you drinking? Uh, I got myself a rum and coke today. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Did you pour rum into a coke can? Yeah. Are you judging? I wait. Wait. I can't believe we've never thought of this before. Wait. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait. So you have rum in that flask? Uh, I have rum in this coke right here. Where's your rum at? It's in a flask. In a flask. <laughs> ah, okay. That I poured. Got you. Nice. So I look like a productive member of this podcast, but really I'm just a hey, lazy piece hey of shit. Hey, man, you're, you're, you're doing hosting right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's start off with experiences. TJ, what's your experience with this movie? Hi. So I watched this movie on Friday night. It's streaming on HBO Max, I think, uh, for free. Uh, Wait, what? I'm assuming you guys paid for it. Oh, oh. Damn it, Kerwin. I asked if there's a freeway and I have HBO Max. So, yeah, I want, um, luckily Kyle found it for me on HBO Max, so I streamed it for free. Um, Friday was the first time that I've seen it. And I'm not going to lie, until I Googled this movie, um, I thought Triple X was always another movie that Vin Diesel starred in where he's like on an alien planet and everything is black, like dark. Oh, yeah. pitch black. Yeah. Pitch black. Yeah. Oh, pitch black. It's either Pitch Black or The Chronicles of Riddick. They're all same franchise. Yeah. 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 But I think it was Pitch Black. So I did not realize that Triple X was a different franchise than this movie that took place on an alien planet until I watched it. So that was my experience. You got to be careful (laughs) with those Google searches, especially with Triple X. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to get some. uh, Please, if uh, you do Google this movie, Google spell out Triple X movie. 
and hopefully you get the right one. See, I, I always just put the year behind it, so I just typed out triple X 2002, and uh, that seemed to work for me. That's but weird, because when I typed in like triple X 2002, I got a whole category on Pornhub, so. I think you're supposed to Google search and not immediately jump to Pornhub. Yeah, I don't that's think because they, your search was conducted in Pornhub. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my homepage. <laughs> well, it's the algorithm. I mean, you look up Pornhub yeah. so much, it just assumes. Yeah, I mean, I'm more of an ex-videos guy, but hey, Pornhub, it is, yeah. <laughs> He's really looking for that Rule 34 stuff there, aren't you? Oh, no, there's, there's other websites for that. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, moving on. Jason, what about you? What's your experience? Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 2002, what was I? I was still in high school. Um, I remember liking the movie the first time I saw it when I was younger, um, especially the beginning of the movie. Like, I, I don't know why. Every time I go back and, like, this movie's on, if I don't catch the very beginning, I probably don't finish it. Um, but I remember enjoying it. I'll get into my trash and treasure later about it. I mean, I feel like it kind of mimics a, some other movies a lot, not in the best way, but it does. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Watching it again, like I watched on HBO Max. I can't believe you did this again, Mugs. Like, is this the second movie in a I'm row? Gonna, we're going to post this on the actual post. I text Kerwin, is this on for free? He goes, <laughs> nah, y'all are going to suffer like me. It's what he literally texts me back. Because <laughs> I, I have free to pay, or just everyone has pay to pay. It? I paid for it. Uh, okay, so. Well, can, we, can we, $20 ticket, develop an app that if someone just, cert- okay, okay, here we go. Okay, so what we're all going to get, I'll get it for you guys. It's a Roku stick. Okay, I have I have a Roku TV and a Roku stick. So I have a Roku TV in my bedroom and I got a Roku stick in my living room. I searched on Roku for Triple X and nothing came up on HBO Max, which is weird. I don't know if it doesn't have an HBO Max filter. You you obviously found it, right? But like for me, all that came up was like rent, 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 rent. And I was like, fuck it, I'll just rent it. Google has this too, you guys. No, Google too. Yeah, Google will mm-hmm. tell but you. But I think you just have to like you have to set in your preferences or something like which streaming services you want it to check on because mm. if like you Google any you There's Google so any movie services. and it'll tell you like where it's streaming and how much and so, so and I also think we should make it a rule that if we can't stream it for free we should not review the movie okay but what if it's good okay but we knew this wasn't going to be but we didn't know some of us watched it for the first time I watched it for the first time we knew it wasn't going to be <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Roku stick you can search. Typically. Um, Roku, please sponsor us because I love you guys. Yeah. We're going to get you guys one. But yeah, you can search for it on HBO Max. Um, but so yeah, I rewatched it again on my own on Friday because Elizabeth wasn't home because I knew she would not like this. Um, took my notes. But I mean, watching it again, I see a lot of flaws with it. I'll get into it. But yeah, it's my experience. Right Honestly, on. while I was watching this movie, uh, Kyle was not paying attention at all, but it just kept reminding me of Elizabeth watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. cool. All right, Mugga, you're up. I, I actually watched this in theaters, too. I know that for a fact. Um, I, I mean, this is, what, 2002 when this came out? So yep. this is when he's big time, because in 2001 it was Fast and Furious, and he's the up-and-coming movie star, and I thought it would be a more serious film than it was. Um, I'll get into the financials when we get to it. It was successful, but I was highly disappointed. I don't think I've watched this movie since that day. It might have been on the background one day on a TV or something, that I, but I've never sat down and watched it, and I actually watched it this morning, and it's the same experience. It's just shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you didn't um, have it on DVD? You didn't rewatch I've this? I've never... No, no, I thought this movie was god-awful. Yeah. yeah. I had because you're too busy rewatching Rocky IV. <laughs> Is there a problem? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right on. All right. Hey, Kerwin. 
Kareem, what's your experience, bud? Uh, so uh, this is my first time watching a movie uh, like we just talked about. I rented this. Uh, I got it on Amazon Prime, which, which you know what? I don't mind renting a movie on Amazon Prime, especially if I'm in charge of the research because you get the IMDb uh, features oh. included. So, you know, I, I don't mind too much because that definitely did help. Um, watch it with my girlfriend. Uh, we tried to watch it, I, I believe, on uh, Wednesday. So... <laughs> We watched it late at night Wednesday, and we probably got about 40 minutes in, and then we said, nah, we got to go to sleep. Like, we're, we're, like, tapping out. Try to watch it again on Thursday night, and uh, we were tapping out. So, like, Wednesday, um, I had uh, half a day off because I, I had to go to the dentist on, uh, on Friday. Uh, I had to go to the dentist on Friday. So I ended up coming back home because I work from home, and I, it took me two hours to watch the last half hour of this movie. Oof. Because like I just could not pay attention. I didn't want to look at it. Um, it just felt long as fuck. Um, but it's uh, two hours. Yeah, it's each hours. each X is the amount of days it took me to watch this movie. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'll uh, finish this out. Um, I had this movie on DVD. I bought it when like my local uh, hole in the wall video store was going out of business, so they were selling off like all their DVDs for like fifty cents or a buck. Nice. So I, I picked that uh, picked that up, um, watched it. <laughs> what a time that was! I know, right? <laughs> I remember when I first watched it and I was reminded of it, you know, the opening scene, it, it's the movie is basically telling you like this isn't your dad's James Bond movie because they have that James Bond style character right. with the with the tuxedo into a party and they like off him immediately. So um, it was it was uh, very interesting to see that this movie take that stance like early on. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly wasn't. You know, a James Bond movie, because I actually enjoyed James Bond movies. So uh, we're going to get into that a little can bit I, later. Can I bring up something on experiences then? So, yeah. Jason, Elizabeth isn't watching this with you, right? Did no. Kyle watch it with you? Because Kerwin went over, bit. what, your, your girlfriend, right? Like, because I watched it this morning, because last night I tried to get my wife and stepdaughter to watch it with me. They're like, we're not watching this shit. I was like, okay. So this morning I woke up at 7 to watch it. And literally, I'm like, Lindy, I'm going to go watch me. She goes, do you want me to watch it with you? I'm like, if you would like. And she goes, I really don't. So I let her sleep in. But she comes down and she asks me, she goes, who picks these fucking movies? I go, no, okay, hear me out. Like, I understand this movie sucks, but it's going to be a fun episode. Because, like, a movie like The Revenant that we did was a great movie, but it wasn't a fun episode. It's just like, they're great. Here we go. Like, like, we're going to pick this apart, which is kind of ironic that all of our, like, significant others are like, I'm not doing this with you. Just to, just to put it out there, Fernanda didn't finish this movie. <laughs> she didn't finish watching it. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. I asked my wife if I was like, hey, you want to watch this with me? And she's like, I think I'd rather go to bed. <laughs> so she did. Okay. So right off the bat, that's zero dollars from all our significant others. Yeah. All right. Zero dollars. Yeah, I, I planned this out. She told, Elizabeth told me, she's like, hey, I have like a... Someone's retiring at work, so they have a work party from like six to eight up the hill. And I'm like, okay, perfect time. I'll watch the movie on Friday when you're up the hill. It's exactly what I did. Very nice. <laughs> well, uh, some people must have liked uh, this movie because uh, Mugga, you said that it was mildly successful. So why don't you hit us with those financials? Yeah, so this is a film that had a budget of 70 million. <laughs> That's so generous of you. Yeah, <laughs> 70 million, um, and it was very, very, very successful. Um, 142 million domestic, 135 international. 
that brings it to around $277 million worldwide. Again, though, this is from Box Office Mojo website. Um, I had to look up because Box Office Mojo didn't have the franchise financials. And I actually looked up how this franchise has done. <laughs> um, but I had to go to a different website called thenumbers.com, which is why I'm saying this. They're a little off. It has this movie only having around $267 million. So there's like a $10 million like like discrepancy, whatever it is. But uh, it was very, very successful. But where do you think this ranks as far as the franchise? Now we have this one. We have the State of the Union with Ice Cube. And we also have the Return of Xander Cage. I think How this do you got think this one falls? Number two. I agree, number two. Number, number one. two. You're saying number one, Jason. I got two, two. I'll Kerwin. say number two. It is number two, okay? <laughs> State of the Union did not do that well. It did make money, but only about $11 million on top of the budget. It came in around $71 million, and with a budget of $60 million, I think they realized they needed a Xander Cage, so the return of Xander Cage was number one. That brought in $345 million worldwide. Oh, wow. wait, Vin Diesel was not in number two. No, it was Ice oh, Cube. Yeah. yeah. You gotta watch this franchise. You, you don't know about the rock, paper, no, scissors, grenade no, launcher. You. Oh, it's great. It's Dude, so great. The, the whole reason we're talking about this movie and the next movie is so that we can talk about the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that opening weekend, um, it came in around, um, I thought I have it. Hold on one second. It came in around 20 million, a little under about 17, um, but it did debut at number one. Um, I don't, it's every time I go back to around this time frame, 2000, 2005, it's like there were so many movies that were being made. Do you guys ever notice that? Yeah. So like, like just literally, I got the top 20, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones was still in theaters. Mm. You got uh, Mr. Deeds, number 16, <laughs> Minority Report, 15. Oh, wow. That was in, um, Men in Black 2 was in theaters. Wow. Um, this is for the females. My Big Fat Greek Wedding was still going on. Mm. Um, you had Austin Power, Gold Member, I was still going, but this was number one that, that weekend. And it was only going up against blood work for its opening weekend debut. Um, the number two movie, which I don't know if you guys have seen this, was a movie called signs M night Shyamalan. Yeah. I love that movie. I saw that in theaters too. You know, I don't know if this was like a great time for like movies. Like they were just producing like good stuff and like a lot of it, if you, if you look at it, but, but every, every time I go between 2000, 2005, it's like, there's so many movies that I recognize. Maybe that's just the time that I had freedom to go. Well, pumping them out too. Yeah. Like just, yeah, because like Spider-Man came out in 2002 also. like what, When did that come out? 2002. No, no, what, what like, so as far as the dates, is this, uh, Spider-Man's I, not even on here. Oh, so it might have come out after, possibly? It, it, it probably should have. Yeah. yeah, because that broke, that was the number one of all time at that moment. Yeah, so like, it's crazy when you list all those, because like, I, I would never think that they all came out around uh, the same time. Well, and like, I'm, I'm even passing stuff up, like the Born Identity, you know what I mean? You had that oh, yeah. one in there. Wow. There was Road to Perdition. I don't know if I brought that up. Martin Lawrence Live, I he had like a stand-up hmm. so it's like there's a lot of stuff and literally I cut out like another 20 movies it had like 40 movies that were in theaters at that time but uh, but yeah going back to this this is number two out of the franchise very very successful um, it's set up for another two movies but uh, but yeah that is the uh, the financials awesome alright well let's see if people were happy parting uh, ways <laughs> with their money over this hey Jason why don't you tell us what the people think so on Rotten Tomatoes uh, 49% of the critics liked it um, with an average rating of 5.6 out of 10. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Too high. Uh, uh, generous. Generous? Okay. A little generous. I, I think so, yeah. Um, the audience, 58% of them gave it a 3.5 out of 5 or higher. I agree with, an, with that. With an average rating of 3.4 out of 5. I agree with that. 58%? Okay. 
Oh, the audience. I thought it was at three, is what you said. No, 58, sorry. 58% of the audience gave oh. it a 3.5 out of five or higher. Oh, no, Muggas saying he, he agrees with 3.5. Out of 10. <laughs> oh, this is, this is 3.5. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just for everyone out there, too. Just for everyone out there, too. Um, so that when they do the critics from Rotten Tomatoes, it's out of 10. But when they do the audience, it's out of five. Oh, okay. So it's 3.4 out of five. So, we, so like I do not agree with that. <laughs> can, can we remind people that like when they go to Rotten Tomatoes, don't just look at the percentage. Look at the actual average score, and that will tell you exactly what you need to know about a movie. Like I think a lot of people forget that sometimes or don't know that. Yeah, I mean... And again, I think it was a couple years ago, like probably like six months or eight months into us doing this, like you kind of showed me that too. Like even me, I, like doing the podcast, doing this stuff, like I was like, oh, this is not bad. But it's like when you look at the actual score, it really like sheds a lot more light on it. Yeah, because it could be like 95 and it's like a six out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, some of the reviews, there's one that was funny. Um, this person, Nell Minow from Common Sense Media, she said, Vin Diesel, every teen's fantasy action hero. So what do you guys think about that? Vin Diesel, every teen's fantasy action I mean, in 2002? Yeah. Mm, no. I no? Mean, no? No, no. I, I thought you had, yeah, your Sylvester's no. There you go. I think you have a, he, not, uh, when In I was, 2002? When I was a teen, it was Wesley Snipes. It was still Arnold, still Stallone. Yep. Still still those people. And Van Damme was kind of on the tail end, but he was still around, wasn't he? Around yeah, Van Damme. Yeah. 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 Jackie I, Chan. Jackie Rush Chan. Rush Hour 1 mm-hmm. and 2. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I never got into Van Damme as, as much as uh, Schwarzenegger. And, and Stallone. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Wesley Snipes is. Yeah. Oh man, that guy was fucking awesome in Blade and uh, Demolition Man. Oof. Fuck. So that that was a you know someone that gave it a fresh rating. This person, Mike Massey from Gone with the Twins. I don't know what the hell that is, but the Twin City. What is that? Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, St. Paul. Paul. Yeah. 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 Um, so he he gave it a rotten rating. He says for every action sequence, there are shots dedicated to formulaic rips of the already tired spy subgenre. And I think that's fitting when you watch the movie. You can tell that they rip just from a bunch of different movies, whether it's, you know, the score in the background or things that happen throughout the movie different, you know. So it's funny that you say that. I swear to God they ripped off the end scene with the jets coming from the rock. Because the, the jets go away. He goes, call off the jets, like last minute, because he's actually oh, yeah. going to take it. Yeah. I swear that was a ripoff from The Rock. Dude. Yeah. There, there's yeah. so many yeah. ripoffs in here. Yeah. Even beyond 007. I feel mm-hmm. like 007 is like the main one for it's sure. It's like the main one, but then they do a bunch of little things. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And then IMDb, they gave it a 5.8 out of 10, so slightly higher than the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, but pretty in line with the audience. Um, with over 178,000 reviews. The average rating that got the highest amount of votes was six, with t- over a quarter of the votes with uh, average rating of six. When you look at the demographics, they're kind of all over the place, but again, it's because there's only three votes for females under 18, who gave it a 6.0. Uh, males under 18, there's only 15 votes. They gave it one of the lowest at 5.1, which is interesting. I feel like I was under 18 when I watched this the first time. I probably would have given this a higher score at that point. Really? Um, yeah, I think so. Last, uh, was it, I don't know if it was Daredevil or another movie we did, but I think you brought up how it takes like the top 1,000 reviewers and does that, and you're, you're probably going to get to that too, but I wish IMDb included a feature that would show like what age rated it at what point in time. And that's what I kind of wish they did too, because I'm like, okay, so there's 15 votes from males under 18. Now, yeah, when did they take these ratings? Did they take it uh, two weeks ago? Was it two years ago? Was it, you know... 
you know, at this point, 20 years ago, like when, when do they take these ratings? Yeah. Cause it, it, it does like, cause you look at some of these ratings, like males 30 to 44, there's 84,000 reviews just from that subgroup. So it's like, but even then, like it could be from the time this came out until yesterday or today. Like it's, it's crazy. I wish they would have do that too, but mm-hmm. to your point, Kerwin, um, yeah, this is a feature I like too. So the top 1000 voters on IMDb, um, the ones that voted on this movie, there were 625. Their average rating was 5.6. So two tenths lower than the average overall. So pretty in line. Um, US users, they gave an average rating of 5.8. Non-US users, 5.8, right in line. So we're looking at you know two tenths of a difference. But mm. um, yeah, it looks like overall slightly over 50%. And we look at Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, so that's the ratings. Okay, thank you very much. All right, Kerwin, pull back that curtain. Take us behind the scenes. I thought you were going to say pull that, pull back that foreskin. <laughs> the back. fuck would I say that for? Take the fireball away from Kerwin. <laughs> Again, I'm not sure if Kerwin watched think, the right yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's start off with behind the scenes. Uh, fun fact, this movie is stylized as uh, lowercase x, capital X, and lowercase x. In order to avoid any relationship to the triple X adult movie rating, uh, and we all had trouble with that, of course, as we mentioned. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, writers and director. So this movie is directed by Rob Cohen, who directed The Fast and the Furious, Stealth, and Hurricane Heist. He's also the producer on the sequel to this movie, Triple X: State of the Union. Uh, from THR on taking this project on, he says that uh, the creative synergy that made Fast and the Furious possible was something that he wanted to continue and that a creative balance where the director, producer, and actor are so responsive to each other uh, you know, was important to him because that, that shit's hard to find. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's kind of uh, playing on the same team. Uh, our writer on this movie is Rich Wilkes, who worked on uh, Airheads, <laughs> Glory Days, and uh, The Dirt. Uh, so, you know, we recently saw that movie, I think, like a year year ago, right? Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I like it. it. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. pretty good. The Dirt? Yeah, with Motley Crue? No. No? Oh, it was I amazing. Know, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, he also hasn't seen Top Gun, so let's just, just chill for a second. But I thought let's I made all you guys watch like, that like in my house. That I didn't. I didn't mind that. I thought well, Dirt it was, is a great. Okay, movie. can I just say this? I feel like every time Jason makes us watch a movie, it's great. It's a good. Like he made us watch Whiplash. True. And it always has to be late as fuck. Yeah. Like we're all ready to go home, and then he's just like, "No, no, no! You guys just gotta watch Correct. this movie." And the then, same cannot be true. The same cannot be said for Mugga. What are you talking about? I do classics. And I know the audience. I will disagree with you on a little bit of that statement, though, because Jason also doesn't know his audience sometimes. Like for the day before he's getting married, and we had everyone over. He wanted to watch The Irishman, which is a talk about that. Nope. gentleman. The gentleman. Okay, first of all, can I say this? Uh, the gentleman is a fantastic fucking. Not movie. saying it's not a fantastic movie, but when you've been drinking all day and what we did, and we tried to watch a serious movie, it wasn't happening. No, nope. because even you got mad. No, nope, I didn't. I got mad because motherfuckers were talking when but I was trying to watch the fucking. <laughs> we gentleman. had eight guys in a room trying to watch a movie, and, it and, ain't happening, and, dude. and none of them were gentlemen. Well, <laughs> well, typically, like I, I'm like pretty passive. Let you guys put on whatever you want, and then you guys look at me like, "Oh, is there something you'd want to watch?" Or like, or like I find a moment of silence, and I was like, "Oh, I saw this movie. Oh, I really if like you, it." If you please, Would you guys sirs. like? To? Yeah, and it's like, well, I guess, but it's I like, fuck. Remember the last time? Remember the day before your fucking wedding? You made us watch the gentleman. I'm like bored out of my goddamn mind. I'm like, oh, that's right. I won't. Whatever you guys want to watch is fine. <laughs> just okay, like, can I just put this out there? Movie. If I if I ask somebody what they want to watch or what they want to do. I'm genuine in that shit. I'm like, no, no, seriously, 
what the fuck do you want to do? Like, I, I genuinely want to know and I want to do it. So, like, when I ask somebody to put something on, I want you to put something on. I'm not going to fail you guys, but I feel like, like, I'm not going to, like, okay, like this writer did Airheads. That's, like, again, it's it, it depends on their cup of tea, if they like it or not. Like, I enjoy it when I put that on at 1130 at night when we've been drinking all day. Probably not. But I'm like, because you're asking me a movie that, like, I would go home and watch right now, I'd put on The Gentleman because I bought that on Amazon. I would put it on. Same. I yeah. also own that movie. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's a great... Yeah. I think it's super underrated. I think it, like, flew under the radar big time. Like, cause And you're the one that told me about that movie because, like, you told me, like, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. And I was like, fuck it. I'll just rent it on Amazon or yeah. uh, Apple TV. And I was like, fuck. And I bought it immediately after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. So that was not a good experience that night. <sighs> no. You it, were cussing people out because they wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah, because I wanted to yeah, watch The Gentleman. My point exactly. We should not have watched The Gentleman that night. Anyway, okay. anyway let's, keep, moved, let's yeah. keep it moving with the porn movie. Rocky Four next time. Right? <laughs> next time I get married, we'll yeah. Rocky Four. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you better you better fucking delete All right, cut that out. Yeah, we're going to cut we're going to cut that shit out. All right. Um. <laughs> Next time I remarry Elizabeth, we'll yeah, when you renew your vows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so let's yeah, say that again. Yeah. Next time I renew my vows, Elizabeth will watch Rocky 4. There we go. Exactly. Or Endgame. It could have been Endgame. Or Endgame. Whatever Mug decides. <laughs> Uh, so we have uh, Vin Diesel. You know, we're getting into our cast now. We got Vin Diesel as uh, Agent Xander Cage, aka Triple X. Uh, we know Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto from The Fast and the Furious, but he he's also the star of the Riddick franchise, and he's Groot in the MCU. He's also in Saving Private Ryan, Iron Giant, and will appear in the upcoming Avatar sequels. Boiler Room. At Boiler Room, yes. Boiler Room. Uh, the Pacifier. And The Pacifier, yes. Yeah. You can find him uh, on the baby aisle at your you know, different uh, department stores. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you know that Vin Diesel also appears in an ASMR game called Vin Diesel doing a game of D&D just for you? I knew he was a big D&D fan, but I did not know that he was in a game. He's a big D and D fan. Oh really? yeah, he's a huge D and D fan. Um, a lot of like these big Hollywood like kind of tough guys are like huge into D and D. Vin Diesel's into it. Uh, Joe Manganiello, he's a huge D and D. The fuck is D and D? Is it Dungeons and Dragons? Dragons? I was gonna ask that too, but I uh, put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are a couple of other like big name celebrities. They, in fact, Joe Mangan Joe Manganiello, he hosts like a huge celebrity ridden D and D game at his house. And there was a YouTube video, and his like basement is all decked out in this Dungeons and Dragons crap. So it's that big, huh? it's huge. Wow. Like Kevin Smith. Okay, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Vin Diesel? I don't know. That's not where my mind's going. That's crazy. No, uh, he actually did a, a for for you Dungeons and Dragons nerds listening right now. Uh, you're probably familiar with a, a show called Critical Role, which is um, done by voice actors uh, and helmed by Matt Mercer. Uh, they actually did a crossover episode. Matt Mercer did a crossover episode where they brought Vin Diesel in um, to play. He played a like a, a blood hunter or something like that. It was it was really trippy to I watch. Have no idea what you're talking about. He's really into this. That's crazy. Oh yeah, he's super huge into Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Yeah. And uh, according to Polygon, uh, you know this game that we talked about. It's a uh, it's a goofy premise handled with a sense of 
playful seriousness and compassion. These are quotes, by the way. Uh, Vin Diesel cares about you, your well-being, and he just wants to help you relax with a quick role-playing game. There's no big gotcha moment as the joke, quote, uh, of the experience is in how earnest and caring Diesel seems to be and how well he handles his dungeon and mastering duties. Yeah, ASMR. There you go. Interesting. I'm an ASMR fan. You guys all made fun of me for it, but I have uh, not you know done what? that one. Um, I'll jump on that bandwagon with Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. I, I listen to ASMR as well. Totally. Sometimes. Totally. Although, still got, to this day, I do. I got to say, a lot of it has devolved from just like simple like comb scrapings right. and all that to like this new ear licking fad. That's no, a little, that's that. a little much, man. It's not a little much. That's triple X. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you said, Jordan, uh, Vin Diesel is a huge fan of D&D. And the reason I'm bringing this up, like it seems kind of random, but uh, it actually has to do with this movie. Um, he has a tattoo, triple X, uh, that says Melkor, and that is one of the characters he played in his D&D campaigns. So, like, he has a tattoo uh, of his D&D character's name on him in the triple X movie, which is, you know, it's pretty cool, little esoteric thing. Uh, and uh, he was even invited to write the foreword for the 30th anniversary D&D book. And uh, regarding that tattoo, and I will just get this out of the way now. All the tattoos are fake. Vin Diesel has no real tattoos. Uh, they're trash. Yeah. Yeah. Those tattoos are horrible. Yeah. It looks like they're airbrushed on. And then I didn't realize until the very end that he has a son tattooed around his nipple. Yeah. I thought it was both of them. Maybe. Is it just yeah. the right one? I know for I sure it's know. the right one. You see that at Bora Bora. I don't know. But it, yeah. the yeah. I... I What's with all like the lower abdomen tattoos? It's like your dick and balls are gonna fly away. And or the villain's or tattoo too. I didn't like his yeah. villain. Yeah. What's worse, the Vin Diesel nipple tattoo or the Batman Forever with George Clooney Batman nipples? Oh, the rubber, the suit nipples. Yes. No. Oh, the, the Vin Diesel nipples. Yeah, I, the rubber I, I, and the I, suit nipples. That's classic. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> the tattoo, the sun around the nipple tattoo. That's got to go. Okay. Let's just put it this way: the the Batman nipples are so bad they're good, and then the nipples in this movie, you're just like, really, we're doing this? Come on. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather watch Batman Forever and Batman and Robin than this movie. But oh, we'll, we'll oh get sorry, it's Batman and Robin, not yeah, Batman yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Batman Forever, I think, I think also had I don't think that, no. I think Val both Kimmer, of those Val Kimmer did not have nipples. Oh, he did? Okay. I'm I'm willing to bet a shot of fireball on it, but... I'll take a shot of fireball what are you gonna do? regardless. Google, take a shot of fireball if I'm wrong. Google Val Kimmer's nipples? No, you just Google bat nipples. <laughs> <laughs> right after Triple X. <laughs> All right, let's get let's, let's back to the movie. Now, let's keep it going. Never yeah. gonna end. All right, uh, so Vin Diesel was actually paid uh, ten million dollars to do this movie. Fuck, uh, good for him. Another actor Cash up for check. this role. Uh, another actor up for this role was Eric Bana, but he turned it down. Oh, anyone know who that is? The yeah. Hulk. Yeah. 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 Oh, you don't know who Eric Bana? He's also no. in Troy. Yeah, yeah, no. I yeah. didn't know if you guys knew who that was. Troy was a little bit after this, but I think he was a big name. He was the original Hulk, correct? Yeah. And then what else? He, he was in a, a couple of movies uh, he, as far as military. He was I in think uh, Black Hawk uh, Down he was in. He was in Hannah with um, the lady that plays Hella, uh, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett, yes. I'm pretty sure he's in Black Hawk Down. Hmm. Yeah. And regarding Vin Diesel, according to the director, Rob Cohen, uh, there is no one better for the role than Vin Diesel, with him saying in a Hollywood Reporter article that, quote, just like you can't have Dr. No without Sean Connery, you can't have Triple X without Vin. What Sean was to the 60s, Vin is to 2002. In the Kennedy era, Sean was an image of masculinity, charm, vulnerability, and sexiness. Vin Diesel represents that for this new millennium. 
Do you think Vin Diesel is like that new Sean Connery at this time? Um, no, but I don't also, I also don't like when I think of Sean Connery, I'm thinking of like a gentleman, like a, like, yeah, sexy, hot, but gentleman. When I think of Vin Diesel, he's like, okay, the bad version of that, like the bad boy. In your version. face, you know, seems like the douche doesn't version. play by the rules. Douchey, yeah. bad boy, like tat, tattooed, like oh my god, which reminds me of a quote. Wait, I'm pretty sure this quote was in the in the movie where they were like, "What kind of people are we talking about?" He's like, "You know, the bad kind of people, tattooed." <laughs> I was like, what the "He's fuck? like degenerates." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, "What the fuck?" Uh, I mean, like Vin Diesel's whole first thing was to sell out his contact in in Prague. To get in with the uh, with the group, uh, it's just like this. Yeah, he's clearly just an asshole. He's you a know? douche. Yeah. Cleaning, cleaning everything. I need to take a shot of Fireball because Val Kilmer does have nipples on his bat suit. He does. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll take one with you. But let's let's. How do did you How did you do that? You just, just googled, googled it. it. Val Kilmer bat suit, and there's oh. nipples right there. He's like posting. <laughs> yeah, told you. Fucking GQ <laughs> bat nipples. You were quiet for a long time, so. I just. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just talked about how uh, Vin Diesel, you know, plays this role. Uh, Vin Diesel says that he played this character to better serve an audience that doesn't get a lot of love from Hollywood at the time in the early 2000s. Uh, he goes on to say, quote, the, the least likely of us can be heroic and patriotic. We were very conscious of the spy films at that time, and we felt like there was a growing generation that was being underrepresented, you know, Gen X and Gen Y. I guess the humor and fun and uh, and taking somebody from this new generation and giving them the task of being a secret agent was appealing. So that's why he kind of took it. He kind of felt like, you know, Gen X and millennials weren't being represented and he wanted to be the first person to represent them, which I think is admirable. That's a treasure. That's yeah, a treasure. That's, yeah. A good, that's a good thing. Uh, then we have Samuel L. Jackson as Agent Augustus Gibbons. I couldn't find anything about him. Next, <laughs> we have uh, Asia Argento as Yelena. Uh, she appears in uh, Marie Antoinette and Land of the Dead. Uh, she was actually in a relationship with Anthony Bourdain uh, from 2016 up until his suicide in 2018. Um, according to Variety, in uh, January 2021, Argento came forward accusing director Rob Cohen of drugging and raving her during the filming of this movie. What Cohen, the fuck? Yeah. Uh, Cohen denies these claims despite facing similar claims from other women, including his own daughter. So Valkyrie Weather, uh, a trans woman and Cohen's daughter, came forward in 2019 accusing him of sexual assault. According to THR, Weather's mother and Cohen's first wife, uh, named Diana Mitzner, uh, admitted that she knew of Cohen's sexual misconduct with her at just a few years old. Uh, Weather states that when she was 13 years old and still male, her father would take her to see sex workers in Thailand and the Czech Republic in order to turn her as a male back then straight. Uh, Argento was a major figure in the Me Too movement recently, but allegations also rose up against her. According to the New York Times, in 2013, she sexually assaulted uh, then 17-year-old actor Jimmy Bennett when she was 37 years old. And after denying these claims, photos from the event, as well as messages proving her involvement, were leaked. Apparently, she paid a $380,000 settlement to Bennett a few months after making her accusations uh, toward Harvey Weinstein. So there's a, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, of course. Wow. Way to bring on the room. Yeah. 
I, I mean, like, normally, I, I don't want to bring shit up like this, but I think, like, you know, we talked about this with True Lies and uh, Eliza Dushku. Hmm. I, I think it's only fair that we kind of bring up any sort of ac- accusations or, you know, what, you know, I, I couldn't find anything on whether or not they were true. I couldn't, but I feel like it's it's relevant to two parties within this movie or a party within this movie during the time of this movie. You know, that's why I bring it up. Otherwise, and I think it's important to just underscore the fact that these things happen all over the place, especially in Hollywood. Yeah, and if we don't highlight them, you know, we, we got to let people know that it's not fucked up Hollywood. shit is happening. It's in any corporation. That's what I'm any, saying. Like, it happens of, yeah, everywhere, yeah. yeah. But you look at these movies and, and you just feel like they're so... Um, Prestigious and they're, they're... Yeah, like they're so... Almost res- like immune to it. It's like, no, no, it happens it there happens too. It happens everywhere, yeah. yeah. If not more than in yeah. normal places, but whatever. I'm, yeah. Not whatever, but, you know. Yeah, you, you look at it like an innocent, you know, shitty little movie like this, and you know you might just say like oh you know they made this movie but yeah like to your point tj like this type of stuff could happen on the set of any production you know right. and i and i think it's a it's important to address that and and kind of bring that to light uh i think uh, uh for general knowledge to be aware that things happen and also to to bring validation to to the uh, victims, I guess for you could sure. Say. Yeah, even on this, I mean, like TJ, you haven't seen this till you know a couple of days ago or whatever. It's like even on this movie, like it, I mean, like you're saying, it happens a lot, probably yeah. more than we know about. Even on a movie we probably haven't thought about in a while, Triple X. Like it's just, it's it's crazy to think about. Not to mention the fact that like these people come forward with their stories, and there's probably thousands of stories from, especially from Hollywood, where they're just happy to get the role, so they just you know keep it to themselves and do what they have to do to get through, but it happens everywhere. And even before like this Me Too movement, and then before the Harvey Weinstein stuff or the, you know, alleged Bill Cosby stuff or whatever, like all of it, like there's like all this previous history that we don't know much about unless there's like this huge spotlight on it like there is with some of these individual cases. But yeah, it's interesting. All right, moving on to uh, the rest of our cast. We got uh, Martin Sokas as Yorgi. He appears in uh, Aeon Flux, The Equalizer, The Last Duel, and he's also in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, he also appeared in Xena, Warrior Princess, and he played uh, Celeborn in uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. No idea who that is, because I've never seen uh, all of them or can't remember them. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't ring any bells. Uh, Ewan McGregor was actually offered this part. Interesting. He could have done good. I thought he was good in uh, Haywire as the bad guy. I never saw With uh, Gina Carano, I think. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think uh, it's like a spy movie, but he's the bad guy in that movie. He would have done good in this part. Is that the one with Charlize Theron? Uh, Haywire? Yeah. No, uh, that's uh, Atomic Blonde. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Then we have uh, Danny Trejo as uh, El Jefe. (laughs) Yep. Uh, In this movie, Trejo uses a machete as a weapon. Uh, He would later go on to play the character Machete in the film franchise Machete. Uh, We would, we should really review those, by the way. Never seen them. I think the first one is good. I think the first one is good. Never seen the second one. Um, But a fun fact. Machete is also in the Spy Kids franchise. Uh, he's the kid's uncle. Same character. Same character for Robert Rodriguez's Machete is the same guy from the Spy Kids movies, which I think one of them or multiple of them were also directed by Robert Rodriguez. So the same motherfucker hacking what? motherfuckers' heads off and all that other shit in the Rated R movie, he's the Spy Kids uncle. Wow. So Machete is a Spy Kids spinoff. That's awesome. I, I, I love that. So Am I being confident in saying that the reason why they made that movie 
because of the double feature with Planet Terror and Death Proof, they made in between it a couple of movie trailers. One of them was Danny Trejo. Is that why they made that actual movie? Dog, that's crazy. That means that means uh, Grindhouse is in the Spy Kids universe. I mean, yeah. kind of, yeah. <laughs> that is so it's cool. A trip. <laughs> uh, okay, that's actually really dope. Uh, now we have a uh, you know closing out our cast. We got a uh, Michael Roof as Agent Toby Lee Shavers. Uh, he was in Black Hawk Down. Deuce of Hazard and Triple X State of the Union. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he would end up committing suicide in uh, 2009. But uh, yeah, he's uh, our guy that gives up the gadgets to Triple X. The Q. Yeah, the Q of this I movie. Liked I, cool. I liked him. I liked him too. Yeah. He's one of my treasures. Uh, but that's it for the main cast, or at least the people that I feel like covering today. Uh, but we have cameos. So director Rob Cohen says that they added these people to this film to add credibility to Xander Cage's uh, character. Oh, yeah. uh, so we got Eve as JJ. We got Tony Hawk as one of the guys that picks up Triple X after he crashes the Corvette. We got Ramstein appearing as themselves at the very beginning of the movie. We got pro skateboarder uh, Mike Vialli. Vialli? Vialli? Mm. Then we got pro motocrosser Kerry Hart. Pro BMXer Matt Hoffman. Yep. And then we, uh, I'm pretty sure we got a ton more. I saw a bunch of people in the background that I recognized faces of, but I wasn't going to do a deep dive. Where was Kerry Hart in it? I don't remember seeing him because he was married to Pink, right? I think he was in at the party scene. I think that's all we saw him at. Yeah, I, in my treasure, I love that they have Tony Hawk and Matt Hoffman in there because this is Triple X based on extreme sports. You know what I mean? That's his yeah. background. So having those guys was like the big thing. But yeah. I, I loved how these like legends in their own sports industries, Tony Hawk, Matt Hoffman, with their own individual, they're like looking in awe of, at Xander Cage yeah. and it's like when are you gonna uh, show us that awesome new trick. trick that you were planning out and he's like oh I'm still not landing and he's like oh my god I'm gonna worship the ground you walk on that's like these guys I think this is a little fun but I don't I have to rewatch it which I don't want to pay another four dollars to watch it but does Tony Hawk say one word in this movie yes yes what does he say I don't because I, I don't remember him doing it when he's parachuting down right and what does he say Tony Hawk looks looks behind himself out of the car Okay. At Xander Cage coming down, he says like, "Oh my God!" Or he says like, he says something. Okay. He says, he "Get down. the cameras." Sorry, but uh, he does say something at that point does. too. He okay, does. I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, and then he talks about he talks at the party scene. Okay. When, I just saw uh, when Xander Cage I know shows Matt, up, Matt Hoffman actually talks to him, has like a full-out conversation. But yeah. Tony Hawk's in the car after yeah, right. he's the driver. Yeah, yeah. I just don't remember him saying one thing. In no, this he movie. does. No, he I does. might have been on my phone. I don't know. Yeah, I remember I was watching it. I was like, "Is that fucking Tony Hawk yeah. like pulling up in the car?" And then the party scenes, and I was like, "And is that Matt Hoffman yeah. showing up too?" I'm actually surprised that Sal Masakela wasn't in this movie. The black dude that always commentated the uh, X Games. Yeah, I'm, he's a pro skateboarder as well, wasn't yeah. he? I'm actually surprised he wasn't in here. You guys are point. missing a very crucial part of this movie, though. Who's a famous actor slash kind of in uh, not extreme sports because it is karate. Do you guys know who the agent is that goes to the concert at the beginning that gets killed and all that? Jason, do you know who he is? You have to know this. He escapes somehow through the door, gets whatever they had, but then goes into the, the crowd yeah. and gets it. Do you know who that is? He looks familiar. I'm almost positive, and I'll have to look this up. It is Barry Silver from The Karate Kid. 
Part three. Oh, yeah, so in it Cobra is. Kai. It is. I was like, why do I know this guy's face, dude? <laughs> yeah. It is actually. It is, it is him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I just making sure. I was like, who is this guy? And it took me like 10 seconds to figure it out because of a Cobra Kai in recent, like in my brain. And I'm like, that is Barry Silver from The Credit Kid Part 3. Well, then I, yeah, well, it was weird too because like at the first scene with the Corvette, like I was looking up everyone else in the car because yeah. I'm like, the kind of, because you got Tony Hawk. I know it's Tony Hawk. I know it's Matt Hoffman. But like, is that Travis Barker with all the tattoos? Like, I started to think all this stuff, but it's not. Okay. Yeah, but I was like, I was so curious. Like, okay, who else did they pull in this movie to like, like you were saying, Kerwin, like kind of legitimize it or like, you know, put it up on this pedestal? But it's not. <laughs> you know, it's sad. I just watched this movie recently, but at the party scene, wasn't there a band playing? And wasn't it? Why do I get Green Day in my head? No. Uh, I don't know if it was Green Day. There was a band there. Oh, you know what? I think I think it's something. Jason else. should know. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was a Green Day. Okay, yeah. I would recognize that. Yeah. Moving on from the cast, we got stunts and production. Uh, this movie was shot in 82 days, and Vin Diesel did most of uh, his own stunts for this movie. Uh, many times, no shit on that. No, nope. so many times you can see the stunt double. No, 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 no. Carol was waving his arm, but okay. <laughs> Let me get there. They won't even let you do that. <laughs> let me get there. This movie was shot in 82 days, and Vin Diesel did most of his own stunts for the movie. Many times, he'd have to argue his way into performing a stunt because the director was trying to stop him for safety reasons. He didn't do the stunt for the Corvette base jump, so he did everything leading up to the Corvette base jump where the Corvette jumps off the bridge and it falls into the, the cavern or whatever, the canyon or whatever, and it blows up. Uh, he was sick that day, so they had a professional base jumper do the jump, but everything leading up to that, he did himself. Convenient. I know, right? I'm, uh, I'm waiting for the rest. And... <laughs> Come on, the, the dirt bike stuff. The, dirt, the dirt bike. The, the, the snowboarding. The snowboarding. All right, next, we got the Columbia Escape what we were just talking about. Vin Diesel says that he'd never ridden a motocross bike before this movie, and he spent three months before shooting training with the world's top motocross riders. The shot of Triple X jumping off the exploding barn via bike is 100% real. They actually blew up the barn that Triple X jumps off of, and that was the first time anything like that had ever been done in a movie. <laughs> Vin Diesel did not do this jump. Pro motocross writer and stuntman Jeremy Stenberg performed that, and they added Vin's face in post-production. Uh, the director says that this scene is uh, his least favorite because the rounds being shot from the helicopter, chasing Vin Diesel, uh, cost $10,000 per minute. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, so oh. every, every minute they had to fire something, they were charging them 10K per minute, which is insane. Here's my question, because I think about this in a lot of movies, but specifically this movie. Um, when they're like shooting from the helicopter, they never hit. They never hit their target, right? But why? Is it because they're so far away and like they, it can only shoot straight? So here's another thing. If you guys go back to that scene, you actually see like the bullet trails. They're probably like three feet apart because they're being fired from like dual cannons. Yes. And he's basically riding his motorbike in between these two trails of like gun bullets. But so don't you as a helicopter pilot just like Swerve well, TJ, a little bit. To, TJ, like, I've never been a helicopter pilot. What? How are you leading this podcast? I thought you have been. You're right. This is, this is why Jordan is leading. <laughs> Let me get back to the porn movie. Come on, let's <laughs> We're go. We're trying. <laughs> uh, next, we have the uh, avalanche scene. 
regarding the avalanche scene, uh, which they filmed in Austria, uh, Vin Diesel took a bad fall after a huge jump, vertically head planting. So he took a huge jump and vertically head planted oh, into the snow. Uh, and the crew thought he broke his neck. Uh, he's fine. I mean, we. We know he's fine now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, the avalanche scene uses CGI, but the post-production team used about 20,000 sound effects to create a, quote, sound symphony that, quote, takes an okay action sequence and makes it into one that we'll all remember to this day, end quote. I don't remember. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. It was a decent scene, and I'll explain it a little bit more in The Trash and Treasures, but... I fucking didn't remember that shit. Nah, man, I think about it to this day. You know what I love is Corwin is like, he performed all his own stunts, except this one where he yeah. broke his neck. Yeah. Except yeah. this yeah. one yeah. where except, he was Except sick. all the stunts. Except this one where he couldn't fucking ride a motorcycle. Except Guys. anything that was involving a motorbike now, or a who car. Was the or, all right, let's not forget. the tray skateboarding rail scene. Okay, okay. Guys, let's not forget. <laughs> that was for sure CGI. <laughs> all right, guys, let's not forget that stunts is a broad term that encompasses so many things. Stunts could be like jumping onto a sidewalk. Like that is also considered a stunt. Mm. Like there's a, there's a lot of things that fall under the uh, quote, I'm giving air quotes here, stunt category. Mm, so like true. he ran, that's a stunt. He jumped onto something, that's a stunt. He fake punched somebody one time, that's a stunt. So we don't know the uh, full scale of what he did, but he did most of them. Which is why I think you need to be careful when you say he did all his stunts. I said most of his stunts. That's not what you said. We can rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. All right. Uh, now moving on to the uh, prog scene uh, with the bridges and the uh, Ahab submarine. Uh, this was actually filmed in Prague uh, at the uh, Palaki Bridge. According to Cinema Blend, the director says that the producer, Dave Kennedy, talked to the Czechoslovakian government about using just two of their planes, but the government instead offered them the entire fleet. IMDb says that the only thing that they required in order to you know, uh, trade over the entire fleet was a $50,000 donation to the pilot's hospital and to buy all the soldiers' beer. Yeah, I love that. You gotta keep that in. That's awesome. That. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Makes also, sense. how big is the Czech Air Force? I don't know. Those six planes. Uh, on a more serious note, though, uh, this movie was dedicated to Harry O'Connor, Vin Diesel's stunt double, who died in April 2002 during the filming of the action scene where Triple X is paragliding while attached to the Ahab sub. Uh, he was 45 years old. Okay, no, I thought he did all Hold his stunts. Wait a minute. Wait, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. How did he die? He died during Because I'm watching this video. I'm like, there's no way he's going to get under the bridge. Did yeah. he die on that actual stunt? He took Vin Diesel's place during the portion of the stunt where Triple X has to release himself right. from the parachute and zip line down to the Ahab sub. So apparently, during one of the takes, he came in too high and hit the bridge, uh, breaking his neck and killing him instantly. I, I swear to God, I saw that. I was like, there's no way he's going to get this done. The angles that they were shooting, and I think they kept those actual film shots in it. the actual movie because like, you can clearly see there's not enough time for him to zip line down it. That is insane. You so, know what's crazy to me though is that oh they would leave that stunt in, like just in final post. Like, yeah. why not just yeah. come up with another way for him to land on it instead of like leaving it in where someone actually died doing it? Like Too Fast, Too Furious, where you just drive off a ramp and you land on the yeah. boat with the car. Like, I, I know it sounds silly, 
But why not just that do that? That is crazy because I literally watched You're this right, because when you're watching it, you're like, there's it. no like, way. There's no way he's going to make that. And he does make it. It's a movie, but that's crazy. So I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. This guy gave his life for the stunt. You know, I've, I personally feel that it may be seen as an injustice to remove the scene that this man gave his life to complete. And I'm, maybe that's I'm okay the with the, the scene still being in. I'm just saying, like, they used, I think, the actual shots that he may have died in because the angles that I'm seeing, I'm like, he ain't ziplining down that he's going to hit the bridge. It was very close. That is crazy. It was, it was so close that I thought he was going to go in between, like, the, um, right. the bridge, like, whatever suspends it. Like in between, like over the road through yeah. one of the gaps. That's how close it was. So regarding that, um, the stuntman, uh, Harry O'Connor, he actually got the stunt right the first time. And that's what you see in this film. Uh, it was the second take that he actually ended up killing himself. Mm-hmm. So they got it right the first time and they wanted to do a second take and that's when he, we, he ended up dying. Wow. That's uh, according to a, a 2002 Ain't It Cool article, there is some suspicion that this stuntman was pushed to do this stunt despite it being incredibly dangerous. While being interviewed about uh, the DVD for The Fast and the Furious, uh, Rob Cohen mentioned that he was already working on content for the XXX DVD, making sure he was followed everywhere by a cameraman during production. From this article, quote, this time he wants to be even bolder in capturing moments of drama on set, especially the crew's reaction to the film's progressively more daring stunts. And Rob Cohen is quoting, is being quoted as saying, I want to capture the night when a stuntman couldn't do it, when he was too afraid to do it, he says. The author of this article on anticool.com goes on to say, quote, what happens to the career of a stuntman like O'Connor if he's documented on a DVD saying no to his director? I'm very curious if this played a factor in his fatality. By the sounds of it, Cohen should be ashamed of himself, end quote. And uh, to be clear, these are uh, assumptions and opinions made by the author of this article on Ain't It Cool News. What do you guys think about that? It's a s- That's sketchy like line right there, you know well, what I mean? And, well, and then it's like... He's clearly saying no, like no, I don't want to do this. Like, you can push to do it again, and it's like you 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 capture it, you got it. Like I did it. It's like yeah. oh, we gotta do it one more time, and it's like if you gotta say a line again one more time. Oh, of course, I, I understand that, but it's like you're doing a death, like literally a death, not defying stunt or defying stunt, and like he flips a coin, and now this coin is like oh no, I. That's awful, and that's awful that it's on video too. Like it just kind of shows us. Maybe idea. I'm wrong because obviously they got the first stunt correct. That's what I'm but saying. I, I, w- I was watching this this morning, and I'm like, there is no way he's going to zip line from there and not hit this bridge. Yeah. I, and I'm yeah. wondering if they used those actual shots. I, I don't know. I also don't know how you you don't time it correctly. Like just release a parachute earlier, zip. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I get you want to make it close, but like. We've seen force perspective can make it look closer. CGI can make it look closer. Green screen can make it it's look closer. Hollywood. They could have done everything you to make it look closer. Do anything to make it look like it. He just barely misses the bridge, but you decide to like do this in real life. It just seems like not a risk that's worth taking, especially for this film. Yeah, and especially when you get it right the first time. You got what you needed the first time. That's what you got. You got yeah. it. You, exactly. You're done. It's like, hey, you know what? 
okay, we're going to wipe our hands clean to this. We're, we're done. We're done now. And you mm. know that they're taking this shot from so many different angles. They can pull from right. all of these different cameras, splice it however you want it to look. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's just one camera on this guy, but sure. it's just, it's just a very sad situation for sure. It's rough. Uh, moving on from that to the soundtrack and score. This two-disc soundtrack was released in August of 2002. Uh, the first disc is all alternative rock and techno. The second disc is all hip-hop. Uh, notable artists on disc one include Drowning Pool, Ramstein, Mushroomhead, and Queens of the Stone Age. And on disc two, we've got Nelly, Lil Wayne, Westside Connection, and Missy Elliott. It no peaked. Eve? I don't think Eve is on the soundtrack. Wow. She's in that party, right? She's yeah. yeah, she's his manager or whatnot. <laughs> uh, this soundtrack peaked at number nine on the U.S. Billboard 200, reaching number one in the soundtracks album category. It went gold in the U.S., selling 500,000 copies, and it went two times platinum in Canada, selling 200,000 copies. But now let's talk about the score. Composed by Randy Edelman. What do you guys think about the score to this movie? The actual orchestral arrangements in this movie? It's it's 007 meets The Rock meets uh, a, a ton of other of these spy genres where it's like it's spliced together and then they put like a distor- like a distortion to guitar in the background a little bit but it feels it, it's it's weird because it's like it changes on a dime almost sometimes like where it's like really quick where it's like it feels 007 like and then it's like then you hear Vroom, from like a distortion guitar and it's like oh okay uh we're watching something else and i, I don't know I, I just feel like it pulls from all of these other spy movies like continuously not only not only in the music or the score but in the plot too like i, I get it but it's i don't know if you hyper focus on it like it's 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 I don't know it's bad to me like it, they don't do it well and it's very obvious I guess is what I'm trying to say it's very obvious I wanted to play a game with you guys uh, so take a swig every time I list a movie that he's worked on that you know of you don't have to see it but that you know of Twins Dennis the Menace yes drink everyone because, and I'm asking these questions because I've never heard of this composer Ghostbusters 2 mm, okay Kindergarten Cop yep Jason didn't even put his drink down. He's Can you just tell me how many times I'm going to have to drink? Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. uh, my Cousin Vinny. Yep. Oh, okay. Yes. Awesome movie. Ready? Last of the Mohicans. Okay. Angels People. in the Outfield. Oh, my God. Jesus. Billy Madison. The Mask. I know, I, I, I'm all out, man. And I used to have that movie memorized word yep. for word. Yep. I'm not done yet. Indian in the Covered. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Down Periscope. No. I've Is that Kelsey the one with Grammer. the elephant? Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. No, that was that was something else. Anaconda. Oh, yeah. yeah. J-Lo. Leave it to Beaver. John Boyd. The movie? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Never. The Whole Nine Yards. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Osmosis Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black Knight. Yeah. Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He goes back in time. So it's crazy. Like you, you see these composers, and you're like, "Who the fuck are they? This score so bad, etc." We'll talk about the Treasure Treasure, but like, it's crazy how many films they've worked on that you know or actually like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but moving on to the release and sequel, uh, this movie was nominated for the Razzie for the quote most flatulent teen targeted movie end quote 
but it lost to Jackass in the movie. I didn't Flatulent? Yeah, I don't get that category. I don't either. I, I don't get that either, but like, I'm just thinking like, the first X-Men or the second X-Men, there was like a very clear scene, second X-Men, they show the war room, and like, I think Storm comes over to Wolverine or someone, and like they say they hear an audible fart, is that what you're talking about? Like that? No idea, but that is literally what the award is called. Flatulent. The Not most, fragrant. The most flatulent teen targeting movie. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, maybe it's because of the Razzie. I think Razzie like is like a, like, like, a ra- yeah. like a fart sound. Yeah. Yes, that's maybe. what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, regarding the Triple X franchise, we would eventually get a sequel in... 2005 titled Triple X State of the Union, uh, Vin Diesel and Rob Cohen would not return over the script uh, despite signing on to do part two before the first movie was even released. Eventually, Vin Diesel will return to the franchise and Triple X return to Xander Cage, and I cannot wait to talk about that movie. Because that's, the, that's the I whole reason wait. we're here. Yeah, I can't wait either. Is that good? Uh, no. No, it's It's terrible. better than this one. I'll say uh, that. Okay. There's some fun scenes, though. Yeah. Awesome. Like a dirt bike on a wave. Sure. On water? Sure. Yes. Swear to, God. Swear to God. Yeah. Like you're listening to that correctly. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kerwin. <laughs> that was very in-depth. We and appreciate so, that. So enlightening. Yes. So incredibly enlightening. But let's move on to everybody's favorite section, trash and treasures. We're going to start off with TJ. Why don't you hit us with your trash and treasures? All right. Let me pull them up. Okay. We're going to start off with trash. Um, the first thing that I noticed, you guys probably all noticed it too. There's a lot of like really cheesy one-liners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Love really it. bad. So um, when Xander says, the things I do for my country before he have sex with a girl. Uh, I told him that. Didn't look like Rihanna a little bit? A little bit? No. Uh, also, so. that was a that was a, a ripoff. I believe it was one of the Timothy Dalton Bond movies. He says the things I do for England oh, okay. or, or something like that. Oh, that so. Queen and country. Queen and country. Queen and country. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. When, when Xander says, I told him that cigarette would kill him one day yeah. after he released a rocket launcher that was heat-seeking missile. Yeah that would then target a cigarette butt. Guys, as if the cigarette butt was hotter than anything else in that room. That was a converted fucking camcorder. If you go back to that scene, that is a straight up camcorder that they built like this supposed rocket launcher around. But I noticed that (laughs) as soon as he popped that open, I was like, I'm pretty sure I had one of those camcorders, you know, when I was a kid. After the snowboarding scene, he obviously causes a Avalanche, he lands somehow miraculously and he says, fresh powder. <laughs> like these these one-liners are horrible. Uh, before he gets parachuted out of the helicopter or out of the plane in the very beginning, he says, I live for this shit. Um, welcome to the Xander zone. I mean, Boom. these are just real bad one-liners. I I can't. Um, also the one thing that I kept saying like was the worst during this movie was the the music, like the heavy like death metal, and I was like, Jason's gonna love this shit. I hate it. It was horrible, it was awful. It seemed very uh, uh, just there for the sake of being there. You're wrong on that, but okay. go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I gotta tell you, every time Vin Diesel kissed this actress, 
No chemistry. Cringe. No chemistry. Literal cringe. I had to look away. You didn't feel your heart growing five times larger? I had to look away. It was so uncomfortable. Their mouths are open at the opposite times. So you didn't like it. You didn't like it because that's the last time it'll ever happen. So what she says until they're in Bora Bora, until they're in Bora Bora, and then it happens again. So she's a fucking liar. So it was just really bad. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you I looked away. It was so cringeworthy. I I hated it. He like like almost like gets his biceps and like goes over her neck, and I'm just like, there's no way she's comfortable. It's horrible. And then okay, so I wrote this note after the kiss in the club. They kiss. Two more more times times. after that, and each time was equally as bad. It was horrible. And I'm like, has Vin Diesel never kissed someone before? What is this? I I kind of (laughs) half expected them to go uh, teeth to teeth at one point. Yeah. It was bad. It looks like they're clanking teeth. I hated it. Um, The, like, sliding down the staircase on a metal tray has to go. I'm sorry. Horrible. Uh, I also thought that the... I mean, you guys might... Maybe disagree. I, I don't know. I feel like the plot is very thin. Like the this anarchist group that wants freedom for the sake of having freedom so that they can piss on the cheese in a deli. Come on. What are we doing here? It's like it's so Anarchy ninety nine. It's just it's just very <laughs> I hate like this tone, dude. I hate it's just very uh I don't know, stereotypical, but also like no depth. There's like nothing. And then also like their plan to me seems fucking stupid. Like, oh we're gonna blow up or we're gonna kill all these people in the city so that then so that then no one knows who this attack came from and then all these countries just start attacking people. As if countries just attack people for no reason. It's just insane. Um the stunts seem pretty impossible or implausible right um the angles of the jumps seem very fucking weird like uh the actual like angle of like if you're going at this angle could you make it over that building or whatever that seems weird um i don't know if you guys noticed but like every time he's on like a motocross bike or like a motorcycle he's doing like x game stunts in the middle of trying to escape like these really bad guys which also seems crazy uh, the fact that this dude was able to like out snowboard an avalanche when there were actual Snowmobiles. snowmobiles that could not out outrun this avalanche is nuts to me. Yeah, so those I, it just all the stunts seemed implausible and impossible. Uh, also, I really hate the fact that this very sophisticated water drone that they're creating. They're hand painting the name Ahab on it. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's actually like a person with a paintbrush and a fucking can of paint painting on Ahab on it, which seems stupid if you know that this thing is gonna just go cause mass destruction, but also stupid for this sophisticated piece of equipment. Uh, The fact that they used a heat-seeking missile to target a cigarette, what? Yeah, I don't don't agree with that either. It's like. I don't think that small amount of heat would give off enough to. Like, I don't know because I, I don't have heat-seeking missiles, but I would don't. assume that like it, a person's body temperature is probably more of a heat signal than a fucking cigarette butt. I agree. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So that was stupid, and I feel like they probably should have saved that for the fucking water drone that's going miles and miles ahead of them. So I I feel like that was a wasted use of equipment. So that was my trash, Mm. Uh, my treasure. I really like when, oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> when the guy at the avalanche scene, there's like one of the bad guys is hanging on to a snowmobile. Just blast him. And he yeah. just turns around and shoots him. And he which ends up I dying too. So, he yeah. ends up dying too. Oh yeah, too, yeah, so for sure. Like yeah. no one survives that, but I think that's so funny. Um, loved Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, portrayal of Nick Fury. I thought that was great. <laughs> um, I also really liked, we, uh, you saw it coming, but in the very beginning of the movie, uh, this guy like this like 007 like character like climbs on the stage gets shot like once in the chest and he like falls back and then he's like crowd surfing and I love that idea that like they're crowd surfing a cor- corpse uh, and then I we just gotta say this I forgot how good Vin Diesel used to like that dude looks he looks good yeah. in this movie. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll I say that. No, no, no. That. I'll say that. I'll say that. Like, Vin Diesel's a pretty good looking dude. In he his 30s. is a good looking yeah. dude. Like, yeah. I, I saw him. I was like, damn. I, I did. I forgot that he looked like this. I, agree. I, I disagree. No, I agree with because people. you look at the way Schwarzenegger. Okay. Okay. Still, no, no. But also even a Brad Pitt and Troy or other. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't think he was ever at their level. Ever. Yeah. He but, was just a big guy and a wife beater shirt in Fast and Furious and somehow he got recognition. I, I he has never been that guy in Hollywood. Okay, in my so, opinion. So if you talk about like Sly and Schwarzenegger, tomorrow like almost bodybuilders well Schwarzenegger was. But you look at Brad Pitt, he is a very lean person. He is. Vin Diesel's not. No. Like it looks like he's prone to be a bigger person. For him to get down to what he was, I think comparatively to his other films, he's like in pretty good shape. That's how I would yeah. put it. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I I think looking at like how Vin Diesel looks in like F nine, like he's older now, and now you look at this, it's like wow, Vin Diesel was actually like in pretty good. And that's I agree with TJ on that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like it yeah. wasn't like tip top shape. It might have been the nipple tattoos for me. I, I don't know. I just, it, just it does it take is. away from it. Yeah, yeah. it sure does. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm done. All right. Awesome. Thank you, TJ. Jason, let's move on to you. What you got for us? All right. I have a lot of the same stuff, but I'll blow through it pretty quick. Um, so, you know, like TJ said, you know, after Vin Diesel steals the vet, he says, welcome to the Xander Zone. I want to puke. Um, this, so the second test that um, Gibbons puts on, it's too over the top for me. Like it's, it's, so the first one's in the restaurant. I get that. I understand that. The second one is too over the top because it's real. And also the music feels like 007 or Mission Impossible. I'm like cringing the whole time. Um, so there's one shot. If you pause the movie in the right spot uh, when he's riding the dirt bike, you can see easy ups. You can see trucks in the background where they're filming. I am not lying. So he's riding down in between like it looks like it's like it's not a cornfield. It's like cocaine. There's no easy ups in Columbia. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, everything else looks like like a station wagon or a truck from the 80s. Then there's like this huge like F650 and easy ups and people standing around and you can just see it. Sorry, go ahead. So I think uh, just just to add to what you're saying, yeah. they, f- they filmed that whole Columbia scene in California. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. Yeah, it looks, it, I'm telling you, I, pa- I, like, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I gotta go back. So I rewound it and I went back and I'm watching this. I was like, this looks fucking awful. Um, Clearly, the stunt doubles on the bike are just, they're, they're not Vin Diesel. Uh, the CGI of the Lufthansa plane, like, it's almost unbearable to watch. Like, it looks so fucking fake. It's so bad. Um, when Vin Diesel goes to the ice bar 
and is wearing that jacket, it looks like it's maybe two or three full sheep worth of like wool. Yeah. Like it's it, it reminds me of the Bane jacket. Yes. It does remind me of that. But it looks obno- it looks obnoxious. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are we wearing? So, so can we talk about when um when he wakes up in the middle of the morning or not the middle of the morning, he wakes up in the morning and um Samuel L. Jackson is like calling him and saying, like, I told you to get this information, he didn't it. And he like, hold on, because he's shirtless, because he's just waking up. And he puts on the jacket, puts on his sunglasses to send this information via computer. Oh my god, I died. In a room. In a room. <laughs> in a bedroom. Yeah. So Samuel Jackson is just like, oh. Well, it sounds like you're wearing sunglasses and a big furry jacket. I'll take you more seriously now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. But definitely Bane Bane vibes. Yeah, the cheesy Motorola video phone. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like, it was impressive. Two thousand two. Yeah. But we don't have that good a quality video now on FaceTime. Like, the way Samuel Jackson's picture on that is crystal clear. The sound matches up with his mouth movements. Like, it is better than what we have right now. And Vin Diesel just, you know, pops it open. It's like, hey, what's up, bud? And it's just like, yeah, we don't have that now, 20 years later. After like, a pandemic where we yeah, had to have that. Yeah, technology. it's fucking ridiculous. Um, the board sliding down the, the, the stairs is just fucking stupid. Um, so when Vin Diesel goes to the theater, the opera theater, Samuel Jackson's sitting there, whatever we're going to call him, Gibbons, Scarface, we're going to call him. He's sitting there, and Vin Diesel walks up. And they're having a conversation. Vin Diesel gets so outraged that he like does this weird yelp. And he hits a chair. Yeah. yeah. It's so awkward. It's so awkward. Yeah. So awkward. I'm like, doesn't say anything. Just yells. Just like, yep. <laughs> just like, like a weird yap. It's weird. I'm like, that's dumb. I don't know. I don't like it. How does Yelena get to say Vin like so fast? Like, so Vin leaves the fortress on the dirt bike puts all the like band-aid bombs on everything like is fucking flying then he stops blows everything up then he keeps flying down to where he's supposed to stay flying down like bridges and 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 highways like to get to it crashes just like jumps off the bike crashes it so fucking fast then he walks in then the, the the cop is there you know the the check cop is there all of a sudden elena's there and just like within 15 or 20 seconds shoots through the door and says, oh, I can hear your voice. How the fuck did Elena know that? Yeah, it's dumb. I, I did not like that at all. Um, last trash is the snowboarding scene. And I know Mugga hated this part too, when the snow hits the camera. Yeah. I know you fucking hated it. I was gonna it call it. It takes you out of, like you're watching a movie and there's the lens. Yep. It's so, it. trash. it's so freaking bad. And then my treasures real quick, I'll be real fast with it, sorry. <laughs> the opening with Ramstein, not gonna lie. Although very dangerous, the, the, very dangerous. The fire breathing, right? The the fire breathing mask, and he's like, in like a, yeah, like a contraption where he just blows it out. So right? he's playing either bass or a second lead guitar, and he's playing guitar. So if you move your head like 35, 40 degrees down, you're incinerating audience. Right. So he's got to keep his head up. Like Jeez. think about this logistically. Like it's. Yeah. Although it's a cool scene, and I I love part of me loves this movie for that one scene alone because it's so cool. That is so unrealistic. Um, I I think the stunt with the vet is cool. Uh, drowning pool in the background, not cool because I don't like, I like drowning that. pool. I, don't know, I, I hate like drowning that. pool. Oh, you don't like the vet scene? No, I like that drowning pool with the vet scene. Oh, I the whole hate thing. it. I, I, I hate it. drowning. What's pool? the vet scene? 
The Corvette. Oh, well, they, oh the Corvette. Sorry, the Corvette, sorry. Um, <laughs> not a vet. Vet. Veterinarian. Jason and I were literally talking about vets earlier, so I, that's what I thought he was going with. Uh, Tony Hawk cameo, Matt Hoffman, love it. Um, the restaurant they are at for the first test, you know, Pulp Fiction, all that stuff. Danny Trejo, I love that. The GTO that Xander Cage drives yeah. is amazing. And then, uh, of course, I got to end it on the Vandals reference to Anarchy Burger because... <laughs> I think, Muggy, you saw the Vandals by happenstance one time with Grace and Dugas when you didn't want to. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. you didn't like them. No, not at all. I love that part. Trash. That's my trash treasure. Awesome. Thank you. Mugga. Trash. I, I thought Xander Cage's tattoos were shit. They are. I think they're just horrible. Uh, nipples and everything. Agreed. Um, but more importantly, his outfit with the motorcycle pants that he wears the first half of the movie, mm. I thought were horrendous. TJ, fashion-wise, those are awful, right? The motorcycle I, pants that he kept wearing. I don't like, remember them. I'm going to agree with you, though. Okay. Um, I didn't like the whole concert thing at the beginning. I really didn't. I didn't know what was going on. Oh. I'm not... I'm not the part of that music industry or that I'm just what's the point of it he like is escaping from these villains gets in there's like a random concert and he I, I, what it is kind the of, point of this it kind of drops you in at the middle or the I, end I really. just don't understand I'm like what are we doing here but didn't you, know? you like it though did you think it was cool no Jason no. you and I completely disagree on music when it okay, comes to this I, no I understand that but just the visual you didn't think it was cool no it's trash here's my thing why does this secret agent who's supposed to be tra- highly trained in this kind of thing Barry Silver just walk in, to run this into this concert where so the I, bad guys just happen to be. It makes no, and it's the the guys like have like the VIP suite. Like, why are you going there in the first? Whatever, dude. Um, the whatever, whole Jason. movie it's two hours long, and I get that, but it moves so fast. What I mean by that is like, is there really any development going on? It's like he literally he gets away with the Corvette scene. He says. I'm untouchable. And then the second later, they raid his house. Okay. Do you guys notice that? Like, yeah. I'm not joking. So I watched it the first time on Friday night. Second time I watched it this morning. You watched it twice. I, yeah. yeah. I knew that there were certain places like the avalanche scene, right. the um, cocaine farm scene. Like you could just fast forward through this whole thing and not miss any right. plot whatsoever. But it just moves so fast that you're like, what, what are we yeah. doing here? Like basically there's also a part where he goes, his cover's blown at a restaurant and he has to do his... I'll get into the Trey skateboarding scene, but then he's immediately kidnapped and taken to the opera house where a ticket is already bought for him to go back home. And that's an order. How, like, it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Was, was that a $20 ticket? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And then like we, we go to, we go to Columbia, right? And he's now looking for his buddy TJ. And I'm like, he goes, TJ, you guys noticed that? I'm like, I, I like, didn't even know his name was TJ. That's yeah. how fast the movie was going. I, I, I did not like that at all. Um, the stunt double motorcycle scene we've already talked about. We're going to get to the, the tray skateboarding scene. Completely ridiculous. But what was it necessary for him to do a 180 between the rails? Like, he literally has grip what I'm saying. He on keeps this track and does a 180 in between rails. It's like, come on, dude. Like, there's no grip tape on there. Like, this is bullshit, dude. He's got to like, see their side. Complete bullshit. Um, the head villain, I did not like him at all. I think his tattoo was awful. His accent and slow talking presence was annoying. A couple that I had to like put up were dropping off the presents to the good little boys and girls. Like, what, what, why say that? Like, why say that? What guy, head of Anarchy 99, talks like that? And then his other also, one when he was, was like, bye bye little mouse. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck are bye we doing? Bye bye little dude? mouse. Like, just what are we doing, dude? You know? Um, 
the, the movie is called Triple X. He specializes in being a person of extreme sports. Yeah. They cover every like extreme sports of like skydiving, skateboarding, a dirt bike. They even do, I think it's called sky surfing, you know? They never touch on surfing. And that's like, like my, Jordan, we were just talking about, yeah. you can't, the, now Reserve of Zender Cage, they have a little area with that. But how do you not have like one big wave where you got to surf? Or no rollerblading. There is no rollerblading. And I love rollerblading. Yeah. So I, I didn't like it. Um, Me too. When we get to the snowboard scene or the board that he's using, sky surfing. I hate that. The consistency of that board and the stunt double they have is completely shit. There's times where he's regular. They cut scene. He's goofy footed. The bindings don't match because if you watch the sky surfing, the bindings are facing forward, which I did some research. You have to have it that way. But then when you get to like a snowboard, they're basically parallel or perpendicular to the board itself. And it, there was no consistency. If you oh, analyze shit. that scene, it's awful. And then I, the snow hits the fucking screen. So he's goofy and then regular? Oh, the snow hits the it's, screen. You're right. Yeah, Horrible. It, it, dude, a couple times you would watch him and... It, it's like completely different like stunt doubles. One guy's regular, and then they cut, and it's like a goofy. And I, I know you can change it, but it's like, it, it was bad. The other thing with that scene that I had trouble with, so like, obviously the snowboard, the falling down like that would flip you upside down. No? It, it depends. That, that falling if you're you talking were about, not, yes. If you were not, you need the incline. You have to yeah. be inclined, you because if you're going straight down, yeah. it's going to catch the board, yeah. and you're going to flip upside down. So... My last trash, though. He has this car. He's got the girl. They got to go defuse the bomb. They've already taken the villain. And she's reading the manual for all the features, you know, like kind of doing the whole James Bond thing. Use the rocket launcher. Did they use the rocket launcher to just to blow up a little like wagon of tomato of potatoes? Yes. Like, like, you could just drive through that. Not they, to mention all of the civilians that were standing yeah. there just seconds before. Like, like you could just drive through it. Like like. All right, so that is my trash. Now getting into my treasure. Um, I brought it up already. I think Barry Silver at the beginning was kind of a fun moment for me. I'm like, who is that guy from the Karate Kid Part 3? Um, I love a couple quotes by um, Samuel L. Jackson's character. What's his character in this? Givens. Okay, but uh, he does one. He goes, do we want to drop another mouse in the snake pit? Or do we want to drop a snake, our own snake, and let him forget? I don't even know what he said. I'm sorry, but what he is, do we want to drop our own snake in and see what happens? Whatever it was, I laughed. I thought it was cool. Huh, snakes on a plane. Yeah. Um, the uh, the car stunt scene with the Corvette, I did think was amazing. I yeah. thought it was great. However, there's a kind of a little of a trash here. He does say at one point, don't be a dick, dick, right? But there's no cameras on him at the time that's doing going on. Or is Tony Hawk actually videotaping it? No, no, he has cameras all the on the car. set up on the car. No, no, he he jumps out of the car, has the parachute, cars demolished. Oh, yeah. He does I it again. Okay, maybe he does it again. He says, "Don't be a dick, Dick." Then he did it a second time, but there's no cameras on him. But yeah. okay, so whatever. Um, having Tony Hawk and Matt Hoffman, I thought was really cool. Um, I did think their headquarters, Anna Carney Nine, that place was amazing. That little like kind of castle mm-hmm. at the bottom of the mountains and all that stuff. I like the diner scene where he kind of figures it out that she's wearing heels. Cool. I don't know why I liked it. And yeah, it's in Tarantino. Is it also in the movie Role Models with the Asian dude? Oh, the burger hole? Yeah. The that. burger hole. I think yeah. it's the same place. I could be it wrong. But anyways, be. I like that scene. But yeah, that's my treasure. I really reach for it, dude. Yeah. But that's what I got, Jordan. Oh, wow. I can see awesome. your ticket price already. <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. All right. All right, Kerwin. You're up. What you got? I'm going to start with my treasure. Um... Uh, so after Vin Diesel makes the deal with Yurgo uh, at the club, Yurgo 
I think it's Yorgi. Yorgi? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, let me start over. Uh, after Vin Diesel makes a deal with the, uh, Yorgi's, uh, with Yorgi, Yorgi's brother literally screams out, bitches, come. And then yes. the bitches come. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, hey, you know what? That's cool. Uh, Are you going trash or treasure? Treasure. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's flipping it. Yeah, yeah. Bitches yeah. come. Man. Uh, big furry jackets. Uh, I like I like the jackets. As somebody that owns multiple long jackets, I'm a fan of it. I love long jackets, so I'm gonna give that a treasure. Uh, uh, when he says, "What does your guy have a jacket fetish?" Yeah, that's that, you. Hey, hey, real talk. <laughs> that's me. I got like I got like six or seven long ass jackets, and I love long jackets. Um, uh, shavers. I like shavers. Uh, the cue in this movie. Uh, this guy understands what kind of movie he's in, and I wish everybody else around him embraced the ca- uh, embraced the camp of it, and stop playing it so serious. I mm-hmm. feel like every other actor in this movie plays it so fucking serious. Um, the stunts, uh, I like that uh, so much of it is real, and that Vin Diesel did a lot of it. I know there's some major things he didn't do, but I, I appreciate the stunts. I feel like. Uh, when you're dealing with a subculture or counterculture that values authenticity, I appreciate that a lot of these were real and they had real uh, professionals doing them. And I like that Vin Diesel tried to do as much as he could. Um, and I also like that uh, right after the cast, uh, the cast credits, they list every single stuntman right up front. You know what I'm saying? Like when usually. So it, you mean just Vin Diesel? <laughs> so there's a lot more. Stuntmen. There's a lot more stuntmen. Yeah. It, look, look, guys. I'm not putting my opinion out there. I'm putting in the behind the scenes what I've read. That's all, that's all I'm saying. But I but I appreciate you know Vin Diesel whether or not he did the stunts. I appreciate that they put the stunt people uh, in big bold letters so that everybody recognizes that the stunts made this movie. So I appreciate that. And honestly, this could be a whole another podcast. But I feel like stunts should get an Oscar. There should be an Oscar. Uh, seriously. There should yeah. be a stunts Oscar, and that is that is awful that there isn't one yet. Um, and then uh, as cheesy as it was, I did like the uh, heat-seeking missile to find that guy that smokes because he's been featured as this like crazy threat. He's like this quiet guy that you swear is going to have a hand-to-hand fist fight at some point in the movie, and they just kill him because he's smoking a cigarette. He's also in, in love with Yelena, too, so mm-hmm. it's like he is like involved in the movie pretty well, although not shown on screen a lot, I mm-hmm. guess. But I, I don't know. I disagree with you. I think it was cheesy as fuck. He's like a I'll, sniper, you know, but it just seemed so... I think they only did it so that he could say, like, I told you that cigarette was going to kill you. And that's why I like it. Because when I first okay. watched the My movie... My trash is your treasure. When I first watched the movie, I was like, why Why are we doing this? To show that smoking is bad. And then when they brought it back at the end, three days later, when I finished the movie, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I, I see what you guys are doing there. I, I see what y'all were doing there. I feel like you were Aziz Ansari in Parks and Rec at that point. That's why I liked it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Uh, now, Trash, um, <laughs> Xander Cage and Counterculture. Um, I'm actually disappointed in the direction of this movie because I feel like there's so much more potential in what they're going for. Uh, so we made all these accusations towards the senator, and we say that uh, you know about games and music, quote, it's the only th- education we've got. But are we calling out any, any sort of hypocrisy with this senator? Is he contributing to the violence more than the media is, you know, the media he's targeting? Are we just wrecking his car because, quote, he's a dick? You know, that's, that's weak as fuck. Like, that, that doesn't make anything right. You would hope that a movie 
promoting and profiting off of mainstream counterculture and advocating for uh, said culture would have a uh, would have a lot more substance other than you're a dick as the reason to why they're stealing and destroying somebody's property. At that point, you're kind of just proving them right. Xander, his character arc, what is it? You know, he defeats an anarchist, but what do we learn? Does he learn a lesson about taking his way of life too far? Does he learn about the irrationality of some of the things he believes? Did he even want to be an NSA agent by the end? No. Yeah. Like, he, he never wanted to be that, and he just becomes that. I can understand if he was trying out and he failed the test, and then they have to resort to him, or maybe he's a, uh, like, a rogue agent who's kind of a dick, and they're like, you know what? Oh, shit, I guess we got to bring in Xander Cage for this I one. I think for him, it's like, I've done all this, like, extreme sports shit, and this is, like, a new level of that, and so it's, like, more of an ongoing test for him to, like, have real stakes versus his like very carefully planned Corvette drive off a bridge. I think more than anything, it's just like he is, he's broken the law a few times. He's an extreme sportist, but he has a good heart. I think that's what, that's what we're trying to see. Like he's like, oh, well, like wanting to take care of this person, like she's not trying to do this. Like we see that part as opposed to like- We see it during the cocaine uh, farm part where he takes care of TJ too. Yeah, we see, he takes care of, yeah. I TJ. think you guys are missing the main part though, when he has the goggles that can see through and he's seeing all the scientists die. No, like I oh, feel like, like he's where you, literally you see like emotion, trembling. he's like, hey, this is wrong. You know what I mean? You see yeah. like him like, I gotta be on this side because no one else is gonna stop this like the, shit going on. And man. that's the thing, it's like, hey, yeah. it's this person you pick that's like supposed degenerate or whatever and, and like- He does the right thing. Gibbon's eyes, yeah. but it's like, hey, no, like this good, this dude actually has a good heart. He's just like, he just, he's an extreme motherfucker. Like he just likes to like yeah. skydive and snowboard down whatever. He's just kind of a dick guy that is just like, yeah, fuck the establishment. And somehow or the movie, he just, Becomes part of the he he just he just becomes a part of the establishment. Well, and I think it's though because he sees like what anarchy does or what the goal of anarchy is, and he's like, well, that's that doesn't make sense either because all these innocent people are dying, which is what he sees throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, and and I wish for the bad guy, I wish the bad guy was somebody exactly like him. Like the guy we meet is immediately a radical version of him, which I appreciate, but I feel like. This person should have been somebody he knew before, you know, they meet him or whatever. I feel like if he had some sort of relationship with this person or they both trained at the same time, what are you thinking, Jason? Uh, no, 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 keep going, keep going. I, I think you guys are completely wrong, but keep going. No, I, I just think that like this person, it should have been a uh, T'Challa uh, fearmonger type thing or um, a killmonger type thing. I feel like it should have been like, T'Challa wants to do things one way and Fearmonger wants to take the radical approach. And I feel like- Both are the same end result, but different. But they have different methods. And I think think there should have been some of that in there versus like, I'm just some guy that got brought in versus I'm some radical guy. I think you guys are completely wrong. Actually, I'm gonna gonna agree with Kerwin. Um, You know, Xander is never portrayed in the beginning as an unsympathetic character. You know, we we don't see enough of him to know or to see that, oh, I don't give a shit. You know, he clearly does his own thing in his uh, in his anarchist ways or whatnot. But at the end of the movie, 
I don't think he's going to, you know, reform his his lifestyle. You know, I think he's going to go back and maybe if anything what he did is probably just going to go to his head now. I haven't seen the third movie. I don't know like what impact it is. Uh it this this first movie has had upon him, but I think at the end of the first movie we saw like my way it worked, you know, I I sold people out, you know, whatnot, but um I, I, I don't think he's he really he really grew too much. I I don't want to make this episode longer, but I would love to hear Jason's opinion on what Corona was just saying. Yeah, no, I, I just think that like so we see Xander Cage like taking the vet. Does he assault the guy? No. 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 He just takes the vet. Right. He goes over to Russia and he's thrown or to Czech, sorry, to the Czech Republic and he's there. And I feel like I, I don't think that I think we see him like that his values are good like his like although he's an extremist and he's like you know what I don't agree with what you're doing but you know what I'm going to do I'm going to take something that okay is a $50,000 Corvette mean anything to this guy that probably makes $4 million a year off the books no it doesn't mean anything so he takes this and he does this I'm just saying like we, we see him do this like I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see it as extreme as you're saying. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see it that way. What, what I'm saying is that, like, I feel like Xander Cage should have gone up against something that questioned his own morality, if that makes any sense. I, I get. But that. he does with the girl. He, he does with Yelena. He he does with Yelena and he does with Yorgi. But I wish they would have. And I'm gonna get to this. Not by I, choice. Not by. Let, not let, by, let's remember that too. Not by. Not choice. Not by choice. But I, I feel like. This movie would have made more sense if, like, he learned something along the way. Like, what we get is the perfect, the perfect guy no. who who already has these morals. I wish he would have learned along the way that this is wrong. Or I think we expose those morals. Though. Okay. I think that's what we do in this movie. It's like, hey, you know what? Is yeah, I I stole this senator or whoever he is, congressperson's like vet, and I do this crazy stunt, and like, yeah, was it right? Of course not. But I know it's not right. That's why I'm in the secret hideout or whatever. He goes there and he does this stuff. It's like, it's not that it's right, but like he has good morals. He's like, dude, like what you guys are doing, this is fucked up. And this is what I'm trying to fucking say is like, I found this person that's like enveloped in this so bad where her country has left her. And it's like, she tells, she says that, says like, hey, I've been left here. Like, like I was in here for a year and then like, I don't know what to do. Almost, almost in a sense, she kind of says that. Kind of like uh, Mission yeah. Impossible Five. Yeah. Yeah. And she's kind of left in this, and he's like, tells Gibbons, he's like, "There's this girl," and like Gibbons is like, "Oh, of course there's this girl." It's like, well, it's not, it's not really like there's this girl, but there's this person that's like, she was trying to do the right thing and infiltrate, like you're asking me to do, and then you just left her, like you just left her for it sounds like a year, mm. or or plus. I don't know. It just, it sounds like we learn a lot more. I don't want to drag this out longer either, but I'm just saying like, that's, I think we kind of learned that too. It's like, even when you try to get involved and you try to do the right thing, sometimes you kind of get left in the dust too. If like someone's values or focus changes and it's like, oh no, no, no. thanks. Bye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Vin Diesel's kind of sitting there like, no, 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 like, you can't just, you can't do this to, some, like, a, a human being, you can't do this to someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, that That's just my own take. Okay. You know what? You know what? Talking to you about that, that changed my mind. That is in the movie. I, I guess, I guess I could say my only trash is that I wish it was done 
cleaner or better, if, if that makes any sense. Oh, you got to watch it a couple times. More <laughs> obvious. I am not watching. Jay said, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, well, I'm not saying, but, I'm just saying you have to like really hyper-focus on that part is all I'm trying to say. But, but you've changed my mind yeah. and, and I, I guess I could rescind that trash because like now that you're pointing it out, like it is more apparent now. Think about Vin Diesel. What if they just left his ass in there? True. He could have like, been just like her. He does that weird, yep, sound in the theater, which is like uncomfortable. But it's like he's so angry because he's like, maybe he sees his film future. It's like, well, if you guys are done with me, then like, yeah, I get, you gave me this ticket. God knows where it goes or if it's real or whatever. And it's like, maybe I'll just leave my ass here. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about. Um, and then the last thing regarding Triple X, like, why is he just some dude picked off the street? For practicality's sake, why not make him a road secret agent? Because he's just some guy that picks up a Porsche and base jumps off it. Like nowhere during this movie do we, you know, are we led to believe that prior to this being picked up by the NSA, he has all this paramilitary training. He knows how to use rocket launchers. He knows how to use all this military ammunition. He knows how to lead a foreign military operation to infiltrate uh, a terrorist base. I, I kind of feel like that would have been more believable if he was an already sanctioned agent that was just a dickhead that they brought in. I, I, yeah, like he's just some guy off the street that just knows how to do everything. And I kind of felt like that was weird. Kind of along those lines, I thought it was weird. Like the diner scene, I liked it. I think it set us up for like what was about to come. What I thought was so weird is that like he so easily poked holes in all of this stuff as if the CIA has never had an undercover operation ever in their entire existence. Like they, he just like, like high heels, financial times, like, like just boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, this man off the street knows more than the CIA. What the fuck? Yeah, and they don't have analysts. Like, right. That's what analysts are for. It, to me, I was like, in the the actual scene I liked, but thinking back, it's like, why was he so easily able to pick all this shit apart? Where the CIA, you're the fucking CIA. You're sending a fucking diner waitress in there with heels. And then my whole thing with this movie is just like the whole we hate boomers narrative or we hate the greatest generation narrative. Um, you know, we get it. it it's kind of overtly done. It's just kind of like, you know, literally taking shots at 007 and killing him. You know, the James Bond like mm -hmm. figure that we see at the beginning. Uh, the senator with a uh, quote, uh, skateboarding is a crime bumper sticker. It doesn't get more overt than that. Uh, the senator being racist, making assumptions about people being from Tijuana and saying, you know, quote, you people. Uh, the senator wants to ban rap music. Uh, and then uh, also all these extreme sports athletes being added to this movie. Uh, also wanting to ban video games and saying violent video games are the reason for so much violence in the country. Uh, the excessive tattoos, you know, the fake tattoos we see on Triple X. Nipple. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That little sudden nipple. Uh, the excessive promotion of uh, counterculture brands. We see like Vans and other brands pop up in this movie. Uh, asking Xander if he wants to be in a video game, which many older people saw as terrible for kids. You know, bringing that yeah, up again. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and also the quote from Eve saying like, he's never going to sell out. That's what, you know, that's why he is what he is. You know, s selling out was like a huge thing in the early 2000s when, when a, uh, youth culture from Gen X and Gen Y became more marketable. I totally, agree. I totally agree with you. You think about Green Day and all kinds of stuff, like they sold out because they have a song on a movie and it's like, yeah, we like money too. Like yeah. it's not about selling out, but it's like, we gotta eat. 
we got to eat. And it's like, if someone's offering, isn't this what we all aspire to? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it, no, but I think there's like that weird paradox where it's like, hey, you don't want to sell out, but it's also like, if someone offers me this, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I'm a huge underground rap fan uh, during the uh, early to late 2000s. Uh, Tajay from Hieroglyphics, he says, why are you worried about sellouts? He says, you sold out the moment you sold your first rap. The moment you sold your first rap, signed your first signature, sold your first album to a record label, you sold out. Why are you worried about sellouts? Everybody's trying to eat. Like you said, Jason, if you can get paid for making what you love and doing what you love, why wouldn't you get paid to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So that whole uh, sellout commentary on that, I thought that was, you know, just weak as fuck. And then, you know, we talked about Sam Jackson when he says, your kind of people, dirty, disgusting, tattooed, uncivilized people. Like, we get it. We get it. 007, you know, this movie wants to shit on 007 so hard, but this is literally a James Bond movie. You know, we get the opening action sequence that may or may not set up the rest of the film. We get M, Sam Jackson, going against M and disobeying orders because the main character knows best. We have Q, shavers, uh, x-ray glasses, aka penetrator mode. We have (laughs) our uh, female agent, uh, Yelena. We have double agents, former agents turned anarchists, you know, uh, Yorgi. Uh, we have world conflict inducing super weapons. We have uh, identifiable henchmen, like his main henchman that smokes. We know who the fuck he is just based on how he looks. Yeah. We have castle fortresses, uh, castle fortresses. We have globe trotting, going around the world, doing different things. We have an action sequence in the snow, which has appeared in many James Bond movies. Uh, we have harpoons which showed up towards the end. We have the car. You know, we usually have an Aston Martin, but this time we have a GTO, a Pontiac GTO. Uh, ordering a drink at the bar, but instead of a vodka martini like James Bond does, this motherfucker orders a cranberry club soda. Yeah. At least James Bond can order a fucking drink like an adult. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe he's not alcoholic. Who knows? Well, he obviously goes on to party the rest of the night because then he wakes up like <laughs> oh I've only slept from, yeah he's like I've only had one hour of sleep you know oh well, hey that club soda do it to you yeah, yeah I'm it'll, on get, that, it'll get you yeah, I'm on that club, I'm on that club soda right now good old tonic man it'll get you exactly uh, the whole Ahab submarine bay reminded me of the sea drill from Tomorrow Never Dies and you know we've had a bunch of undersea layers in 007 movies and also uh, fun fact uh, Casino Royale uh, James Bond James Bond is also mistaken for a valet and fucks up somebody's car in a similar fashion. So, like, some guy shows up and is just like, oh, take my keys, and he fucks up his car. That's right, yeah. Exactly. Uh, When they land in Columbia and the dude starts picking up, uh, you know, the coke plants, uh, he says, do you know how much this shit is worth on the street? And I'm just kind of like, Doug, like, you really think you're going to pick up this coke plant and walk across the border with this shit? Like, there's no way you're going to make it home. No how, way. How much are you can get out of a couple coca leaves, too? I, I had like, that exact same thing. I'm like, this guy is picking 15 fucking coca leaves and think he's going to make a fucking cocaine out of that yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, a brick out of it. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? You, I'm going to process these 15 leaves later. <laughs> yeah, you got to grow the shit, process it, all that other stuff. And then, uh, you know, my last trash, uh, I had to pay. I'm done. I had to pay. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to finish this uh, 
us off here. Uh, I'm going to start with some, uh, you know, rapid fire ones uh, and starting off with Treasures. This movie introduced me to Rammstein, which I, I never really like followed up, but I just thought that it was a cool band at the time. Uh, Tony Hawk and Matt Hoffman were in there. Sobe or Sobe uh, Waters, when oh, he yeah. pu- when he cracked one of those open, I was like, fuck, man, I remember those kinds of things, um, those kinds of drinks. That was really uh, uh Cool. The bitches come line made me laugh. I mean, I was just like, this motherfucker over here. And uh, the multi-purpose gun that he had used predominantly through the film. I mean, let's be real. The gun is just a, a fucking gun with a scope and a, and a uh, laser sight on it. It's the bullets that were that made the gun special. Um, and the fact that he actually used the weapon predominantly yeah. through the film, and, and hmm. I think a lot of times in in like James Bond films, he gets uh, he gets these cool weapons and items, and he uses them maybe once or twice. But Triple uh, X consistently used his gun. That through. gun was an um, imperative part of yeah. this whole story. Yep. Whole story. Yep. Um, so I really like that. The stunts. I felt we're actually pretty good. There was a lot of like motorbike jumping. Uh, there was a lot of motorbike jumping, but the skydiving out of the plane on the snowboard, as tacky as that was, um, jumping the Corvette off the bridge. I really like that stuff. Uh, I actually like the snowboarding in front of an of the avalanche scene. Um, it just felt very real to me. I know the CGI was crappy. Nobody's arguing that, but I don't really felt that it detracted from the scenes. Uh, however, the communications pull grab at the end where he clings onto it, I was like, mm, <laughs> fucking ruined it right there. Uh, so those were some treasures. Let's jump into my favorite uh, part, which is the trashes. Um, First of all, like Yorgi's got what looks to be meth in a spoon in the in the club in the beginning, yeah, and it just about? turns out to be sugar for his absinthe. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, Enter the Xander Zone was stupid as fuck. Um, the the whole like he was surfing that car down that free fall like way longer that he than he had any business to uh, be doing. Um, I don't understand how we went from like a relatively tame like fake diner to uh, let's fucking dump them in the middle of <laughs> Colombia. It's just like holy shit, you know? Where did we yeah. fucking go? There's like, no, level, level, there's level no asset. Right there. Yeah, there's no, there's no. Like, I feel like there's a middle part that we just skipped here. Um, the guy stripping the coca leaves is like fucking. Do you know how much this shit? Yeah. Um, uh, this movie was called Triple X. We fucking get it. You don't need to open up every scene showcasing his Triple X tattoo on his neck. And it was like every scene for the first part of the movie, yeah. it opened up on the Triple X tattoo. Uh, and he had a wrinkly neck. I don't know if you did. guys noticed. It was, it was weird. Um, I don't know why Xander, who who showed the least resistance to the Colombian army or whatever, is the one that's like most restrained in that scene with, uh, with um, you know, future machete. Um, the guy grabbing the bag of cocaine and he's like, ah, it's like, how the fuck do you think you're going to get back to the States with that? The escape scene, where are all these fucking ramps that he's jumping, like coming from? I mean, he's in the air so many times and it's like, I don't see any ramps for this stuff. When Yorgi's like, welcome to Anarchy 99. It's like, who the fuck said I wanted to join? (laughs) You know, what are you doing? Um, the whole fencing off like, uh, a spot in his house they put up the most like, ghetto shit ever dude like you you yeah. have this entire castle this whole castle you can't have a surveillance put, room you put fucking fencing up and you leave the fucking door open it's like <laughs> what is the point of that 
Uh, X is very cavalier about telling people he's a spy. The the grinding on the handrail with the fucking silver platter was. Did that give fuck. you like Sonic Adventure two vibes? It did, but I was just like, video Sonic did it better. I mean, it was just uh, it was a little dumb. Um, let's see, uh, you know, the whole like, oh, one rocket per city, but you know, at the end scene, they're like they're getting ready to launch three on the yeah. Prague, and I was like, okay, that doesn't really make any sense. Um, all right, let's get into some uh, some in-depth trashes. Uh, oh my god, those were your treasures? Uh, no, 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 those were trashes. Those were just rapid-fire trashes. I'm sorry if I didn't specify that. Oh, that okay. was just, those were fucking dumb. Um, okay, so TJ, to your point, like, his whole... His whole deal for being like this anarchist, this Yorgi being this anarchist is like really flimsy and like weak. And, um, you know, we just we when we were when we're introduced to this guy, it's like we're coming in just like medieval scheme. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but from appearances, this guy seems to run like a relatively small operation and sure he's got a castle and a group of buddies maybe like 35 tops but his villainous empire is something that i could only describe as a fucking startup yeah i mean he he boosts cars and dabbles in in global domination i mean where's the fucking wasn't their their first deal with xander occasionally like 1.2 or 1.5 million it was boosting cars well and then like his two main guys were the guys that oh well my he found the car for you, and it's like yeah. your mate, your number two, yeah. found this car for you. Yeah, like you don't have like a ton of guys like doing these little jobs for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was like, where's the where's the fucking ramp up between these two? And I mean, what what about just trying to take over your city? I mean, you can't really just jump straight into the deep end of the villainy pool. You need time for your people to gain experience and grow into these formidable henchmen like Oddjob or Jaws. Also, Yorgi. You're the fucking boss. To your point, Jason, you don't need to be a part of the boosting cars op. All right, that's a telltale sign of a micromanager. How many t- or how are your minions going to thrive and expand your evil empire if you don't give them the autonomy to do menial car boosting jobs without your fucking involvement? That's just poor management. You are the captain. Your job is to guide the ship, not steer it yourself. And that's ironic because your inability to steer a ship is exactly how you died. And for some reason, an explosion that was caused by crashing your boat into the rocks at like 25 miles an hour tops. That was fucking really dumb. Your you went out like a bitch. Uh, you know, um, the the submarine was another trash. I mean, this whole time building up to the submarine, we're told that it. It fucking stays underwater the whole time. It only needs to come to the surface for two reasons. One is to gain solar power to you know recharge its cells, and two is to is uh, to fire off the rocket. Also, that, a fucking solar powered boat is yeah. or a submarine is the fucking funniest thing to me. Yeah, it was dumb. That sub had one job, and if the sub had done its one job, then the ending of this movie would have been totally different. Uh, in fact, the only time the submarine went underwater was when X flipped the missile upside down, and I'm guessing the rocket booster forced it underwater, which, if it was going to happen that way anyway, why did he have to rip the brain out of it? And l- let's not forget... It was on the surface of water the entire it, the time. The f- whole fucking time. Jordan, it was all- can, we, can we talk about the, the judgmental statues? Oh, oh, the, oh, yeah. It was oh, Michael yeah. Bay's. Like, was it? I was like, Michael Bay is just, just checking it out. I don't approve of this. Like, the statue, it's just like, it's, it gets closer to the eyes and the eyes yeah. and the eyes. Yeah. 
so yeah, it had really shitty security. I mean, X was able to access the brain uh, while the ship was like in mid evil, you know, evil plan execution. Not even a simple lock. Yeah. To keep it out, I mean, did you guys run out of money at the end? No spare padlocks lying well, they, around? They did have to hand paint the name onto yeah. it. Yeah, so. uh, I mean, it's probably what those scientists were going to work on next before you murdered them all. <laughs> Securing the brain. Uh, and then my last fucking thing, and I don't know if you guys notice it. Every time there was like hang time with a motorcycle jump or something, he was in the air for something. Fucking gong, gong, mid jump. Go back, rewatch it every fucking time. And I could just imagine the guy who is responsible for the gong just watching the film. And he's like, okay, what's my direction? Oh, when he gets into the middle of the air, just fucking smack that gong. It's so bad. You just, like, we need to. I didn't to, notice like, that. Did you guys oh, notice that? No. I didn't notice go, that. Go dude. back and watch it. He said, watch it again and you'll notice it. No, I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> the one time I do remember that, though, is. Um, the motorbike when it goes up and he's like halfway through and he's going the barbed through wire. the barbed wire yeah. yeah and he just he revs it up a little bit and he just fucking smacks the shit out of it you're right just fucking and, and it's and that's probably one of the more notable yeah, scenes yeah. but every single fucking airborne scene this this gong player was like fuck man normally I get like one two maybe a movie but like I got like 16 <laughs> gong smashes this whole fucking movie I'm gonna fucking milk this thing for all it's worth. So, have you ever, have you ever hit a gong before? Uh, I have. Yeah, it was um, a you, weird experience. You got a, Did you did you get it going first? No, oh, no. I just I I did the total touristy, just one like Boom. fucking baseball yeah. swing. What you gotta do is you gotta like tap the mallet on it. Oh really? And it starts to vibrate, and then you fucking smack it, and it's 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 absurd how uh, how loud it can get. It's, I, in, uh, it's insane. I totally know that. Cause I've I've done it for well, you really call me out. It's, I've done a concert band along like during like high school and stuff. Uh, yeah, you have to like you have to like get it vibrating, and then you fucking smack the shit of it, and that's when you get like a really loud the gong, gong noise. Song. Like like oh yeah, you got to hit a dead center. Otherwise, or, it would be like maybe a cymbal. Um, it's just it's like a cold hit. Like it, it's it's still you got it. Like if you rev it, like kind of rev it up a little bit, where it's like kind of vibrating already, because it's a huge piece of metal. And you hit it really hard, it like it gives off a way different sound than if you just hit it like Jordan's Shame. talking about. Yeah, just hit it. Yeah. That's so weird. That's so weird. And then uh, last but not least, like Gibbons, his whole thing is like, oh, we we got to get these degenerates in there because who gives a fuck if they die? And they're expendable. Nobody gives a yeah. shit. And then at the end of the movie, he looks like he's like practically fighting back tears because he thinks Triple X is dead. And it's like, okay, where, where was that cold calculating, yeah. you know, mentality there? So yeah, those are, those are my trash and treasures. Um, and I think to, to wrap it all up, let's go ahead and tell the people what we would pay to see this in the theaters. TJ, you are up. I would love to wrap this up. I would love if we could finish this episode as quickly as possible. I would pay $5. You're five dollars. Huh? Yeah, I give it five dollars. Okay. All right, Jason. I'm gonna get five bucks as well. Five bucks. Okay, Mugga. I, I I don't see myself ever watching this ever again, ever again in my life. You're not gonna give it a monetary value. Not even to hear the gong. I'm just saying I'm never going to watch this ever ever again. So I want to give it a zero dollars. But Kerwin had some research with the stunts and the guy that lost his life. I gotta give it five bucks. So I'm gonna give it five dollars, but. I don't see myself ever watching this movie ever again. Okay. Ever again. I mean, do you guys really? 
Yeah. Well, no, but I would still give it five dollars. Let's move on. Right. Kerwin. Zero. He's going zero. Yeah, I like I I don't ever wanna watch this movie again. Uh and that's it. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to give it zero. Uh, I was I was toying with five, but I had to think to myself, like, would you ever, even with a group of friends, say, hey, we're going to go see Triple X in theaters, you know, it's five bucks a ticket. Would you pay that? And I was just like, nope, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that, so I'm, I'm a zero as well. Wow. So we got uh, three fives and two zeros. That Mugga, what we got? a three dollar rating. A three dollar Range. Three, wow. Three dollars ain't bad. Okay. All right. Corinne I mean, and Mugga paid more than that to rent this video. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. All right. But the real question is, would we pay more? No. If Tom Cruise was in this yes. movie. Yes. Villain done. It has to be the villain. Yes. Exactly. Okay, my, it has my, to be the leader of Anarchy 99. My vote is the the first guy that we see, the first secret spy that gets killed and then is uh, crowd surfing dead. I I would say he has to be the bad guy. He has to be the villain. Or or Gibbons. No, I think do a like a quick I'm, cameo, the guy crowd surfing dead, done. Call it a day. The guy that has no lines in the movie. No you're lines. Gonna you're gonna put exactly. Tom Cruise as the no line guy. In the I movie. think he is the best when he has no lines. The dude with the cigarette, like Oh, okay, 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 okay. No, but okay. Tom Cruise would have like backflipped out of that missile launch and like fuck triple X up. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give it to Gibbons. Like, I think Tom Cruise could replace Gibbons. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Well, no. okay. Samuel no, don't Jackson. get me wrong. I don't want to replace Samuel L. Jackson. I'm just saying. Well, like, he just it, did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, okay. Go, go. Uh, f- fair enough. Um, you know, I, I just, that's the only role I could see Tom Cruise, like, realistically taking. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to replace Samuel I L. Jackson. I love Tom Cruise as, like, a cameo. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, not If bad. he's the villain, this is a great movie. He, I he agree. Comes but, out, he comes out. But I also, a, don't you think it would be great if, he, like, he was the first person you saw, he's a secret agent, and then he dies in the first three you're minutes? You're going to make Tom Cruise, a guy that has no lines, the first guy you see, and he's Because doesn't that, done. like, trick you as an audience member to be like, oh my God, that's Tom Cruise. He's, and then he gets killed off, and you're like, what the fuck did I just witness? Awesome. Or, or, or we replace the lead singer of, like, Ramstein. Yeah. 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 We're well, that's, uh, that's it for this uh, episode of $20 Ticket, where we pay the money so you don't have to. And in the immortal words of Samuel L. Jackson, fuck you, Sally. That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket for more content. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to, oh shit, hold on, I gotta have my stuff open. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to oh shit. shit. <laughs> uh, That's how it should be. Oh shit, <laughs> Google the wrong triple X. <laughs> Released August 9th, 2002, starring Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel Samuel L. Jackson. Oh fuck. How I'm much rum is in this? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>